The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. The history of television is a history of failure. For every television series that lasted years and years, there were dozens that lasted only one season or less. But did they deserve to die? Or were they... Cancelled too soon. Everybody and welcome back to Cancelled Too Soon, the podcast where we review television series that lasted only one season or less. My name is William Bibiani. I'm a critic. Everybody calls me Bibbs. Uh, my name is Whitney Seibold. I too am a film critic, and uh, and I'm excited. We have been we, we, we waiting found, for we found this a white day. Whale. <laughs> there are certain shows that we have been searching for since the very dawn of this podcast. We've been doing this podcast for over 200 episodes. This is officially episode 230. We got a little wonky with the numbering in there in the middle, but there have been over 230 episodes of this show. Uh, and there are certain programs, certain legends in the in The, the television, annals of TV history. The annals of TV failures that just... <sighs> The, the 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 absolute <laughs> the absolute legends of their awfulness are mm. are still lingering today for people who've never even seen the damn things and some of them are actually kind of hard to find because nobody wants to see the damn things like there nobody's going to make any money off of a release of some of these no one will people will actually probably be pissed off if they're actually more readily mm. available in some cases so Tracking them down hasn't always been easy, and there are certain shows we've been looking for. Most notoriously, the uh, Cop with the Robot Partner series, Holmes and Yo-Yo. Yeah, uh, a lot of what you're talking about uh, also comes from a studio nobody wants to hear from. <laughs> oh, that's true. Now, Paramount Plus is a streaming service now. Paramount has all of these shows. Uh, the shows that came from the United Paramount Network, or the UPN... Mm. The Phelanist Network until Quibi stole the throne. I feel like Quibi is technically not a network. It is a streaming service. I feel like UPN still gets to own that title. It it lost twice the money in a fiftieth of the time. So, mm. uh, but so I think Quibi does get a good uh, good credit there. But mm. uh, the UPN lasted for a better part of a decade. Yep. Uh, lost nearly a billion dollars. Yep. It's like, like lost about $850 million over the, its tenure. In all of those years, only a handful of its shows have had any kind of cultural imprint. Yeah. The, it launched with the premiere uh, in 1995 with the premiere of Star Trek Voyager. This is the first night of a yeah. new network. If you watch the first episode of Voyager and uh, Voyager lasted seven seasons. It was Star Trek. It had Star Trek behind it. So 
That was the big one. The UPN could bank on that. Uh, it also launched uh, with a couple of sitcoms. Mm-hmm. We've, we've talked about the UPN before. Uh, yeah, we've had, we did a whole UPN month, I believe. We did. Uh, yeah. we, we did uh, an animated series they had called Game Over. That was a UPN show. Yeah. Uh, we haven't been able to track down, like, Platypus Man, which was the sitcom no, that it. was meant to showcase uh, comedian Richard Jenny. In some cases, like in the show we're talk- we're finally mm-hmm. able to talk about today, mm-hmm. or in the case of Holmes and Yo-Yo, as I was mentioning earlier... Uh, we're able to find some of the shows, but to find the complete run, all of the aired episodes, which is something that we, as long as they actually exist, we insist upon. Yeah. Uh, has been no small feat. Mm. Uh, and UPN, again, there's a handful of shows that they did that were actually like reasonably well received. Mm. Uh, Star Trek among them. Uh, but... No UPN show was more poorly received. No you for all the shit that they made, and they made some shit. <laughs> no UPN show got the bad press that this got, got the horrible reviews that this got. And arguably no UPN show had a worse premise. <laughs> and that's saying a lot. <laughs> that's saying a lot, by the mm. way. Because today we are here to talk about one of the most controversial shows of the 1990s. One of the most embarrassing shows in the history of an embarrassing network. And a show that was so terrified. (laughs) Absolutely committed to coming out, but Mm. so terrified of being like summarily rejected out of hand. That they decided, in at least one instance, to advertise the premiere episode like this. On Monday, October 5th, UPN will premiere The Secret Diary of Desmond Pfeiffer, a broad satire set inside the Lincoln White House. The series is centered around an African-American character who becomes the president's personal butler and trusted advisor. In recent weeks, this program has been accused of making light of slavery. This is simply untrue. The first episode was screened for an enormous cross-section of the general public, including various African-American test audiences, members of the national media, and ethnically diverse studio audiences. None of them found the comedy to be based on slavery or to be racially insensitive. We hope you will watch on October 5th and judge for yourself. The Secret Diary of Desmond the Pfeiffer premieres Monday on UPN. They aired that. They aired like, that. Right before the it's episode. It's just a black screen and text. It's just saying, hey, you may have heard that the secret diary of Desmond Pfeiffer is incredibly offensive. Mm. And we assure you that this show is not. And now I would like to play you the promo for the second episode, which is very clearly offensive right now. Gazillions of people watch the premiere of Desmond the Viper. It's a lot of people. Hear, hear. And this week, gazillions more will gasp. Choke. Duh. And gag when they see Abe Lincoln in drag. This lady has no other recourse but to give you a little slap. Entertainment Weekly calls it must-see to believe TV. Hi. They must know me from the penny. The Secret Diary of Desmond the Viper. Followed by an all-new Malcolm and Eddie. Monday on Maybe not offensive in the way that they were talking about, but clearly not trying to play it safe Mm. in any meaningful way. And certainly not being particularly cautious 
about uh, the feelings of certain people in the audience. The Secret Diary of Desmond Pfeiffer was a half-hour sitcom starring Chai McBride, wonderful mm. actor Chai McBride. Oh, he's great. And he uh, plays the butler to Abraham Lincoln well, during Lincoln's tenure in the White House. Yeah. The idea was... Uh, Desmond Pfeiffer was... And the uh, P is not silent. The P is not silent. They they make that pretty explicit. It's, Desmond... it's, all, it's not a joke. They just insist upon it. Yeah. I don't know why. It's not Desmond Pfeiffer. It's Desmond Pfeiffer. Mm. And yeah, the, it's historical revisionist sitcom where yeah. this character, Desmond Pfeiffer, is a British nobleman mm. who had to flee England because of gambling debts mm-hmm. uh, of, of the upper crust and gets a job in the Lincoln White House and... The idea is uh, he is recording how the Lincoln White House really was, mm-hmm. actually historically. And this show aired in uh, October of 1998. Yep. And just October <laughs> yep, of 1998. gone by the end of the month. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it was clearly a dig at the Clinton White House. Oh, yeah. Uh, Something that they make a point of in every single in episode. Fa- in fact, uh, Hillary and Bill have uh, a cameo in one of the episodes. Yeah. Uh, but the idea is... A Blinken is actually a big horny fool yep. who can't concentrate on affairs of state. Yep. Uh, and Mary Todd Lincoln is just as horny a fool. Uh-huh. But also, and, uh, but also, and they insist upon this every single scene she's in. Mm. The joke is that not only is she horny and not having mm. enough sex with her husband, but, uh, but she, she's, she's also so old, fat, and unattractive. The, she, yeah. She's apparently very unattractive. Uh, uh, very, very fat mm. and uh, just genuinely just gross to be around. Uh, none of that, by mm. the way, not, which A, is a shitty joke to begin with. Just this person is mm. completely unappealing and terrible and every joke will be made at their expense. And, and, and that's just do, cruel in and of itself. But, but they do nothing to make her unappealing. No, like she's, they don't, she's, they're, she's, they're not like painting her up like witchy poo she, from she's H.R. Not, Puff she's, and stuff. She's, you know? she's, not, she's not conventionally unattractive in any meaningful way. Uh, she's not particularly fat mm. uh other than having a personality that is you know wholly absurd in that very uh low bar sitcom kind of way mm. uh there's no reason for this joke yeah it would be like if you were doing like a sitcom imagine if you're watching i'm trying to think of a regular sitcom imagine if you're watching seinfeld and there were constantly, every single scene Jerry Seinfeld was in, mm. there were jokes about how he was bald. He's not. Well, or but it well, would be he, weird, right? The, the, like uh, the char- the, the um, uh, Jason Alexander character yeah. on Seinfeld, uh, he is a bald man, right? And they occasionally would make fun of his baldness, right? I, and I think the joke was he was a little bit sensitive about it, sure. so they're kind of like prodding him at it. But imagine if every conversation with George Costanza was right. about his boldness. But my point is this. Mm-hmm. In this particular instance, nothing about the actual mean-spirited joke mm-hmm. has Actually any mean... Visually, there's no yeah. connection to any sense of reality. Mm-hmm. Even if you are mean about it. Like, there's, it makes no sense. It's just mean because. Yeah. Uh, and that's just not humor. No. <laughs> it's and, not. And uh, this... Other characters on the show, uh, Desmond Pfeiffer has his own manservant, who's mm-hmm. this, like, sniveling little kind of idiot British man. Yeah, his name is Niblet. N- named Niblet, uh, who's 
straight out of Blackadder. Oh my god, we have to talk yeah. about Blackadder, but I'll give you a minute here. Yeah. Because this, <laughs> I want there's a serious misconception I think a lot of people have about this show. But moving. All right, yeah. and uh, and finally uh, the the one funny character, not funny in writing, but mm. the actor is really selling it is Ulysses Grant. And the joke yes. is that he's drunk, and that's funny because Ulysses Grant was drunk. Mm-hmm. That's actually a, a notorious historic note about Ulysses Grant, was yeah. that he drank too much. And there's a, a the famous there's, there's possibly actually... apocryphal saying about uh, 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 Lincoln hearing about how many battles he was winning during the Civil War. It's like, mm-hmm. but he's constantly drunk, and the, the joke is, send all the other generals as much booze as he's drinking, because yeah. clearly something's working. Yeah, yeah. So, and, they, and there's, at so some there's point, a funny, someone read a book. Yeah, there, exactly. <laughs> and, and there's actually a pretty funny uh, gag about how he tries to give up drinking, and he just can't do it, and he keeps yeah. on uh, falling back on the booze. And the actor who plays Ulysses Grant uh, is Kelly... Uh, Connell. Oh, Kelly Connell. Yeah, who uh, was, is, uh, he was in Hot Shots... You may recall, I think he was like Lloyd Bridges, like second, like he was like Lloyd Bridges, a straight man. Oh, that was Kevin Dunn. Was that was, Ke- you're yeah. right? It was Kevin Dunn. Yeah. You're right. It was Kevin Dunn. My bad. But he was in uh, it though. He was in it. Uh, yeah. He was the air traffic controller. He, uh, he's funny. Yeah. He's a funny guy. He, he knows he's in a low sitcom and he knows how to play the humor. He knows how mm. to be big. Uh, he is, I mean, I'm not going to say this show has any saving graces. No, but he's, but he's, he's at least doing something. It's, it's de- okay. Here's the deal. I am relatively kind to the actors on this show. Mm. They were given shit to work with. Yeah. They made shit with it. Uh, well, Very few people elevate the material. I think Kelly Connell is maybe not elevating it, but he's giving the jokes all they yeah. can possibly well, get. Uh, but it's very, very, very difficult to make any of this work. Yeah, and I and I think even Chai McBride, who's very talented. Yeah, it isn't quite hitting the right notes no, because the, what they're trying to do is um, have him be sort of the straight man to this foolish Lincoln White House. Mm-hmm. But he's also a bit of a fool and he yeah. falls back on that a lot. And they rely way too often on him slipping into uh, anachronistic sort of modern language. Yeah, there's, there's like he drops the British accent as a gag a, yeah. a lot. A lot of people when this show uh, came out. Mm. Uh, we're comparing it to a once incredibly successful, now not very often talked about sitcom called Benson, mm. uh, which I believe was a sick, was a spinoff of Soap, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, uh, which was... A, I, I didn't watch either, but yeah. I, I watched I, Soap. I didn't really watch Benson. Mm. But uh, there, were, there have been no shortage of sitcoms over the years about uh, people who were uh, working class or people who were working for rich people or affluent people and rolling their eyes at what idiots they are. Mm. Uh, the American versions of that, you've, you've seen a plenty. Mm. Uh, however, the the comparison not enough people, I think, made to Desmond Pfeiffer, which is much more apt, is this British show you mentioned called Black Blackadder. Yeah. Uh, nowadays, Rowan Atkinson is best known for playing the character of Mr. Bean, this uh, lovably mm. oafish ridiculous uh kind of practically man silent child, comedy yeah. yeah it's very very Harold Lloyd style yeah. Mr Bean uh, good comedy wonderful uh, creation yeah good good character Rowan Atkinson is a great physical comedian the christmas special is one of my still one of my favorite funny things to watch on the holidays it's a brilliant <laughs> brilliant thing uh the the movies well i didn't see the second movie I only that, saw fir- the first that first movie not good uh, it's, mo- it's a lot of its repeated gags yeah. from the pre-existing shows which mm. is still funny but you know i saw them the first time but yeah Rowan Atkinson prior to uh 
I think prior to the creation of Mr. Bean, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, played this character named Blackadder. Yeah. And the idea was every season of Blackadder took place in a different period of British history. Yeah, so the idea is it started off with Blackadder in sort of a Shakespearean kind of play, like in sort of like, like Elizabethan time. Like Elizabethan, yeah. like, like basically was... it was, what if the actual like people Macbeth was based on? Uh, and like, here's a character who is more inspired by Richard III. He's just a scoundrel. Mm. And uh, it's a lot of historical comedy. It's a lot of taking the piss out of the like way BBC an entire historical drama. A lot of BBC historical dramas that you'd see on British television. And, and honestly, the way that a culture kind of deifies itself. We like in yeah, America, yeah. we look back on people like Abraham Lincoln, for example, mm. and give them sort of a vaunted position. We put them on a pedestal very often, mm. and we kind of overlook a lot of mm. anything uncomfortable about it. There's And there's a fun way to send up uh, American history. Absolutely. Uh, there, uh, an animated film came out last year called America the Motion Picture. Which is very funny. Uh, which, yeah, it's it, it's completely absurd. It's, you yeah. know, Lincoln and Washington were best friends. And, yeah. Uh, Lincoln died and Washington was trying to avenge his death and they're like yeah. five foot wide, seven foot tall muscle men who like invent guns. The, and, the, the gag is it's, yeah. it's how people who paid no attention in history class and are really drunk. It's basically drunk history, the movie, basically. Where, like, this is how, like, I but remember America probably was kind of like this. Or or, or it's, like, a drunk history if, like, a 13-year-old somehow got into the liquor cabinet and only watched uh, G.I. Joe cartoons. But in any case, every season of Blackadder uh, was a different generation in the family of Blackadder. And so there would be one that was about uh, sort of uh, the... Just before the French Revolution, and there was the last one was in the foxholes in World War One. Um, the thing that and, and and the structure of the show is incredibly similar. We've got here's someone who is absolutely on the outside of a system that is ostensibly taking itself really really seriously, but is comprised of just people being people doing foolish things like people are prone to do. Uh, Chai McBride, much like Blackadder, has. An oafish assistant mm. in uh, Blackadder. He had a guy named Baldrick, Baldrick a lot of yeah. the time. And, in, and, and, and in here every, we have every, Midland. In every generation. Uh, and the idea with uh, Blackadder, which is I think what they're going for with Desmond Pfeiffer, is yeah. there's sort of a bitter character who's a, like this Olympian position above the foolish people in charge. Yeah. Uh, Blackadder, like he gets involved in their drama, but he's very detached. Mm. And he and he looks down on everybody. He yeah. is absolutely he, he's a sneering. He's hate, spiteful character. And that's what is missing here. Because mm. Chai McBride is just another one of these lovable goofballs. Mm. He doesn't have the anger at these people to actually, uh, and it doesn't feel justified even if he did, uh, to really comment on anything that's happening. He's just part of the silliness. Mm. And as a result, there's no actual like comedic power level. Maybe not actual power level doesn't make sense, but you can have a comic character who is of lower station but is able to constantly like whip out the zingers yeah. on yeah. someone and they don't even realize it because they are fools. Uh that is not part of this dynamic and nor actually kind of should it be because if you think about it well then it would well, be looking the, down at the Lincoln White House which is which again is, yeah. and again the Lincoln White House is a very complicated time of history Steven Spielberg did a rather good movie about how in order to achieve the goals that we consider like yay good rubber stamp that was actually very complicated had to do a lot of kind of ethically shady things to make it happen overall it was a good thing but it was complicated mm-hmm. I, I I'm not sure what the purpose is of taking Lincoln down to like the gutter, well, like here, to, to, to just to have a like to just to like completely make light mm. of the Lincoln White House of all eras to choose 
Yeah. You're going to choose the Lincoln Winters. And, it, it and would they... make more sense if, if it was... Um... Grant. Okay. Oh, well, Grant. Well, Grant I was going to say the Jackson White House. Sure. Uh, you know, uh, yeah. Well, that's also a lot of dark shit happening. Well, it's, it's a lot of dark shit. And, yeah. you know, just imagine, like, rather than sort of vaunting, the, we, we put that guy on, on our currency. Yeah. And he's still on our currency. Yeah. And they've been talking about taking yeah. him off for a long time. And for some reason, they're just not. One of the more uh, recent, uh, one of the more recent presidents was rather a fan of Andrew Jackson, uh, which is horrifying. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Look up the Trail of Tears at some point. Yeah. Um, but, uh, there's um so but it would, that, but it would make would, sense it, to take him down yeah, because yeah that that's yeah. like taking this presidential figure that's on our money and yeah like satirizing that and pointing out his villainy uh and you know even doing so in a comedic way i think is fair mm-hmm. well yeah because then that guy needs to get taken down a peg well it's it's i think it's a mistake to again take all the complexity out of lincoln's story mm-hmm to minimize him as a figure and to minimize what the Lincoln White House accomplished is potentially in poor taste. And you'll notice that in the uh, in that uh, uh, one promo where they talked about people have said we're making light of slavery and we assure you we, we've not, we don't even talk about slavery. And there we go. They, none they of these bring ep- it up at once. None of these episodes. There are four episodes that aired of the Secret Diary of Desmond Pfeiffer. They filmed nine. The other five are yeah. g- and may- never released. They're still maybe in a they addressed somewhere. it then. But my point is this: they never bring it up. Mm. Now you might think, oh, good, they avoided the controversy. But all you've really done is erase that from the conversation, mm. so that there will be people who, when they think of Abraham Lincoln, would be like, oh, that dumbass. That dumbass the, uh, who, who who was just like a really like shitty, horny husband and mm-hmm. got into a bunch of wacky, sexist and homophobic yeah. adventures. And I'm like, yeah, that's not what we th- that's not helping anything. And so one could argue that it is offensive yeah, by omitting this stuff. It, it's offensive by omission. It's offensive by not giving any kind of broader historical context. It's not even really sending up the myth of Lincoln. Yeah. It's sending up Clinton. It is. It's using Lincoln as a stand-in for Clinton. And, um, which Dan- is a weird comparison if you think about it. Like, does Clinton l- l- yeah. deserve that comparison? I don't think so. Uh, well, uh, you know, if, if you want to look at, like, Clinton's history with, you know, uh, his, his, uh, what were conceived as maybe kind of progressive at the time and were actually incredibly regressive. Yeah. It also, I'm not even going to say in retrospect, like people knew it at the time, mm-hmm. uh, but you know, it's like, Oh, this is better than we've ever had before. Okay. Yeah. Let's talk about don't ask, don't tell. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about his words on affirmative action. Let's talk mm-hmm. about sort of his history with uh, you know, civil rights. Let's talk about some of the economic decisions that were made at the yeah, time yeah, that, yeah. that went real bad. Mm. Uh, so yeah, yeah. Cl- Clinton oversaw a, a pretty, uh, largely often considered like positive booming time and well, it was in an economic economy, boom. Yeah, That's in, true, in the American yeah. economy. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, it was in, in office for eight years. It was considered sort of, and there was no like major war. He didn't get us involved. Yeah, there were with, conflicts, uh, but there wasn't like a war. Yeah. Like yeah. He, he didn't declare war on anybody. It was considered yeah. kind of a, at the time, very positive thing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> let's look back at the Clinton White House now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so mm. I think that's what they were trying to do. It's like, okay, everything mm. seems pretty good, but he doesn't have the best track record. And in the press, uh, and this is, mm. this is something you'll notice with every politician, there's sort of like a, a narrative that's yeah. sort of constructed around a politician. So if they yeah. say or do something that, can, that uh, reinforces that, that's going to be the thing that's covered. Yeah. Uh, whether or not it's justified. Often it is. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the notion that, like, Pre- Vice President Al Gore is stiff. 
Yeah. It's like, so we're going to, anything that he's, time he says something like stiff and awkward, we're going to put that it in. It just reinforces It's the like, image. well, Al Gore was a nerd, but, you yeah. know, I, this sort of like, he's a stiff guy. It's yeah, like, the idea oh, is that why, he's, why, just, he's a monotone, bland yeah, guy. Why, yeah. why are we rolling with that? And uh, uh. one of the, the, the narratives that was uh, constructed around Clinton, and again, justified or not, mm-hmm. uh, was that he was sort of an uncultured hillbilly. Mm-hmm. And that he was completely lascivious, and he didn't get involved. It was impeached over a sex scandal mm-hmm. and lying about it. Uh, and li- yeah, he, and lying about he, it. He was enga- engaged yeah. on, in a sex scandal, and he lied about it on on under oath. So he was impeached, although he wasn't removed from office. Uh, that's what we're making fun of here. Yeah, and there's is, a lot of jokes about mm-hmm. the sex scandal. Yeah, there was, a lot. Uh, and and there was a lot of spoofs of of Bill Clinton uh, mm-hmm. to this to that nature. Yeah, I remember a gag in uh, the Critic. Where uh, the the Duke, the rich guy who owned the TV station, yeah. he had a button. He's like, you just think I'm in a hellbilly. And he pounded on his desk, but accidentally hit a button on his desk. And a wall opened up and it's like the bear jamboree from Disneyland was behind. He's <laughs> like, we're the bears who sing for Duke. And uh, and uh, later on, one of those bears showed up in a hall of presidents. And it said, hi, I'm Bill Clinton. Please listen to Duke. <laughs> They pointed out, that's not Bill Clinton, that's one of your hillbilly bears. Yeah, but nobody's noticed yet, hey, hey. You know, that was the, yeah. the joke around Bill Clinton. He yeah. was an uncultured hillbilly, and also that he was a glutton. That was another part of it, mm. that he overate a lot. Because mm. he visited a McDonald's once. Yeah, I know. It's, 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 it, it, all these, yeah. anyway. Again, say what you will about Bill Clinton. You love, you hate the guy. That was the narrative around him. Yeah. Uh, I liked him at the time. I don't like him so much. I didn't anymore. know much. Of him. I didn't <laughs> I know what I know about yeah, him. I, didn't, didn't, like, yeah, I, I was a teenager at the time, yeah. so it's like, oh yeah, he's doing a great he, job. His PR oh, was on point yeah. in the nineties. I'll like, say that oh, his PR team was doing their job, <laughs> maybe a little too well. Yeah. Look, he's a progressive president. <gasps> oh no! Yeah, no, there's a lot. Anyway, uh, we got it. We got it. We got to well, reckon. With no, that, I'm, yeah. this is important though because I agree. I'm just saying we got to reckon with that. Yeah, we have to reckon with that, and that's what Desmond Pfeiffer is getting at. This is. A, a spoof of the Clinton administration. It's a spoof yeah. specifically of Bill Clinton. It would have made more sense if you got an actor playing Lincoln to do a little bit more of a Clinton impersonation. That, would that have been way the joke fine. would read. I mean, the joke read. reads, yeah. but it would read a little bit better. The actor they got was Dan Florek, who is not a comedian. No. Uh, Dan Florek, I know from Law & Order. He was, he was in the first seasons of the original Law & Order. Mm-hmm. He came back for SVU. He's in a lot of seasons of Law & Order. He was mm-hmm. the uh, the head of the cops. He was also, if you don't um, watch a lot of Order, he was Mr. Mm-hmm. Slate in the live-action The Flintstones movie. <laughs> All right, he'd be a good Mr. Slate. Yeah. And he plays kind of stern, serious characters. He doesn't know how to do this kind of humor. Mm-hmm. He's reading the lines, but he, he seems a little bit adrift. Mm-hmm. And I think you would need somebody who can... I don't know how you play this, actually. I don't know what, what the I think the trick. Is. I think the trick is, and there's a show that we've debated whether or not to cover because allegedly it wasn't intended to continue, mm-hmm. uh, called That's My Bush. Yeah, which yeah, that's technically a mini series. Technically, it's so, yeah. a mini series. But the the creators of South Park, Trey Parker and Matt Stone, uh, after the 2000 election, or rather beforehand, they announced we're going to do a sitcom based on whichever president, whoever mm-hmm. becomes president. Yeah, and they, the idea was they would rush it into production and it would be out by the time that they were like in office. And then, of course, that whole process got extended into like December and it was really controversial and the, complicated. The, the 2000 election, how it was contested and they didn't. Yeah, and a lot of bad shit time. happened there. A lot of bad decisions made. But anyway, well, a lot uh, of things were Supreme Court stuff that we're still yeah. living down today. And I'm trying and, to remember like, if there was if Gore had like 
been elected, it would have been like, we love gore or something uh, like that. Uh, it was, there was, a, that's my Bush or yeah. everybody loves gore. Everybody loves yeah. gore. That would have been the Th- other those one. Those were the two shows that they pitched simultaneously. Yeah. So and, if gore had won, we would have got everybody loves gore, but instead we got that's my Bush. And the idea was it, ostensibly, it seemed like it was going to be a political satire and there are elements of that, but it's actually making fun of sitcoms. It's yeah. They, they, uh, they start with that, uh, famous all in the family bit where yeah. uh, it's George and Laura Bush at a piano or yeah. the way Bill Jim Cramble played. Yeah. That kind of stuff. Yeah. But every single episode with the exception of like the first one, which is like really in your face and frankly kind of gross. Uh, yeah, it's, it's not, not a subtle or graceful no. show, but, uh, there's, they're making fun of conventional sitcom tropes. There's a whole episode where people are constantly getting trapped in confined spaces and the cons- they can never escape unless they like come to an understanding with each other. So like <laughs> I'm trapped in an elevator with a character I don't like. And after a while they start catching on. It's like, Oh, um, I never got along well with you because you kind of remind me of my abusive father. Oh, well, that's okay. I never got along well with you because I used to have a crush on you and didn't reciprocate it, and now I've moved past yeah, it. And then the fine. door's like and magically, the door's open, magically yeah. open. It's amazing. It's, yeah. it's really, really funny stuff. Um, the way that... Who played Bush in that? Was it... Uh, uh, oh, it was... Um, uh, Timothy Bottoms? T- yeah, that was it. it was Timothy, Timothy Bottoms. Timothy Bottoms was on point. He, on that show. Because he did a good Bush impersonation. Great Bush impersonation. But he also understood that this was like a sitcom character yeah. version of Bush. This is something that I think most of the characters in That's My... And uh, uh, The Secret David Desmond Pfeiffer mm. don't understand is that this is so incredibly arch mm. that you need to be self-aware in order to make any of it work. Yeah. You cannot play it sincerely because there's nothing sincere about it. And you cannot be above the material because you're here. You're doing it. The best way to do this is to understand I have a highly calculated, implausible part to play. Mm. And I need to function like clockwork within a bizarre paradigm in order for this to work. And the only person who I think is absolutely... Like, but I think you're right about Ulysses S. Grant. I think he does his bit. The mm. only other person who is doing the bit, he's not funny, oh. but he's doing the bit, is Max Baker, who plays Niblet. Because okay. he knows, I'm just the guy people beat up on. Yeah. I'm the foolish guy who does a lot of foolish things, and not- like, I burn my hands on things over and over again, and people roll their eyes when I misunderstand a sentence, and I throw myself into it, and I hope the material is funny. It turned out not to be. Mm. But he's doing that bit. And I think Chai McBride is, I, I don't know if they're just not confident about like what type of character Desmond Pfeiffer is yet. And he would have like fallen into the role after a while mm. because he's a great actor. He can be and has been and, and would be again. Uh, but but what, like, what was, what was like the drama show? It was on was Boston on. Public. Well, Boston, like the, sorry, Boston the principal Public. or something in that. Yeah, yeah. It was a good show. Um, I, I know Chai, Mc, Chai McBride uh, from the Frighteners. Yeah. He's one of the really ghosts of the, in the Frighteners. Frighteners. Yeah. I love the Frighteners. Um, so, in any case, um, I'm trying to think. So, uh, uh, so Nib- Niblet is, like, Niblet's, he understands this. He understands uh, the gist. Uh, 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 and poor Christine Estabrook plays Mary Todd Lincoln. Um, she's the butt of everybody's she has She to, rarely I, gets to be the funny one. She rarely gets to be the funny one, but they constantly doing... Here's the thing with Christine Estabrook, and I have so much sympathy for her, mm. because she has to do so many undignified things and say so many undignified things and be the butt of so many jokes. And because none of the jokes make any sense that are at her expense as her character, she has to overplay every single aspect of her character in order to justify why people don't like being around her for any of those jokes to even have an opportunity to land. Mm. And 
it can't work. Hmm. None of it does. It, and here's the deal. Even if she did, like, quote, look the part of whatever they're talking about, it would still be a horrifically bad idea. It's a mean-spirited, ugly, sexist, hmm. sizist, sexist, sexist again, joke. <laughs> it's just a, a terrible joke. Hmm. But it doesn't even work on its own level. It, is there a... a a word for the type of humor that makes fun of high libido women. There ought to be because it's, it's a mm-hmm. brand of humor that I've never really been comfortable with that women are yeah. not allowed to display any kind of sexual age. Because Especially not, like, yeah. like middle-aged women. Yeah. That the like, idea is that they're, they, uh, are, that they they're, want they're, sex, they're no, they're, but they're undesirable. Yeah. The idea, idea yeah. is yeah. Uh, presumably the audience of young men, mm-hmm. other people, I guess just aren't watching the show. Uh, wouldn't find her as mm-hmm. as desirable as a younger woman. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so, in having her display some kind of sexual agency or just present herself as a sexual being, uh, would make the viewers uncomfortable. Uh-huh. So let's mock her for that and make them comfortable again. I feel like the the prime example of this was Married with Children, where mm-hmm. Ed O'Neill was married to Kate's, Kate 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 Segal. Kate Segal. Yeah. Um, is an incredibly lovely person. Just a very... Uh, and you she's know, very attractive. She's she, very likable. she played that part really well on yeah. Married with Children. It's a crass, like, dumb character. Yeah. Not always written the best. Just, but, just like all the characters but, on that show were. Exactly. Yeah. But I, I feel like the actors at least, you know, understood how to play these despicable yeah. humans. She, she, Ed think, O'Neill as well is a very I, yeah. pleasant guy. Uh, Katie Siegel, I think... Seagal. It, Seagal, sorry. Yeah. Uh, Katie Seagal. She understood, I think, two things. That she's supposed to be unappealing to Al, but Katie Seagal is anything or Seagal, is anything but unappealing. Mm. She herself is absolutely magnetic. Even in that character, she's lovely. I know a lot of people had a crush on her. <laughs> she understands that in order for that character to work, she has to be uniquely grating to her husband. Mm. She has to present herself in such a way that he, he she's she hurts his feelings constantly. Mm. And that it emasculates him, basically. Well, and, By the and, way, Married with Children has not aged well. <laughs> no, well, no. Mar- it worked Mar- better than children. a lot of other cons- of its contemporaries that were trying the same thing. But it's, yeah, it's Mar- Married with weird. Children and and The Simpsons sort of came up, and we've talked about yeah. this before. How they were they were both meant to be satires of sitcoms. Uh, yeah, they were meant to sort of take this sort of placid everyday sitcom life that we saw on television and put like either ordinary or kind of horrible people in yeah, that Yeah, it's sort of the opposite extreme, the yeah. opposite of wholesome. And, and if, of if you children. look at the early episodes of The Simpsons, it's about how they're yeah. they're not a very functional family, that uh, they're striving for success and placidness and they're just kind of mean to each other a lot of the yeah. time. And that was definitely the joke with Married with Children. Yeah. Uh, when it comes to Mary Todd Lincoln, yeah. she needs to have the upper hand occasionally. She does. She never does. And that's, that, she she does in one like, episode like, where she's interacting with Ulysses Grant, not with Lincoln. Yeah, exactly. Or, or with Desmond Pfeiffer. Hmm. But you're right. And that's something that, at the very least, uh, Peggy on Married with Children, she would win more often than not, actually. Hmm. And that's something you absolutely need. If you're going to have a character who is mistreated they have to have some kind of power otherwise you're just bullying them mm. and theoretically mary no, todd lincoln should have that power she's yeah. she's the first lady of the N- white house niblet is that character niblet is you that have character. it filled already you don't need yeah we don't need someone else to be mean to mary todd lincoln she's the first lady like if you want to, first off it's kind of mary todd lincoln had it actually kind of had it rough but like mm. uh, yeah but like 
If yeah, you look, if up, look up like the yeah, end she, of her life, a lot, a lot so of real nice, sad yeah. stuff happened to Mary Todd Lincoln, actually. But I, uh, regardless, if you wanted to turn her into a character into this sitcom, play up that she's the first lady a little bit and let her actually like enjoy some of that authority rather than just being the brunt of jokes. Now, again, it feels like the joke is every single person in politics is an idiot, hmm. uh, which. <laughs> well, but it's, like it feels it's that a, way, doesn't it? But it's like, not about the system. I exactly. think it, I think it was about more of uh, the whole of politics. Yeah, and we saw other politicians come in, and they were all foolish. That's what that's what Veep yeah. is about. Oh, okay, know, like, yeah, all all politics. All of politics is kind of mm. ridiculous, and it's all just like a battle of personalities and mm. wills and PR, and and there's something to that. The show is trying so hard not to be political while making it about like one of the most political times in American history yeah, with one of the most political the, like, uh, presidents yeah. ever. Like he let's, resided over the civil fucking war for God's sake. Uh, let, let's get into some of the nitty gritty of like the mm-hmm. episodes because it, it deals with uh, the yeah. Confederacy. A little bit. Uh, but the Confederacy are also boo. They're they're yeah. like even more boobish. So it, yeah. to the show's credit, they at least depict the Confederacy yeah. as even worse than the Lincoln. White we will House. not talk about. Uh, what they were doing and why they were, they yeah. seceded. But anyway, it's, so it's, the first episode, it's frustrating that yeah. Chai McBride is the only black character yes, on this is. show. Uh, and well, there's, there's a cameo in the first and one of the, in the second episode right, yeah. uh, from, uh, okay. Uh, first episode it's, is a spoof of, uh, online life. Yeah. It's called AOL Abe online. Now there actually was a pilot episode that they did not air. I believe this was supposed to be the second episode. Mm. This is not super uncommon when it comes to sitcoms. Oftentimes they shoot the pilot and then they realize something is off here. Or they recast somebody or something. They haven't yeah. f- figured out what the gag is. But yeah. uh, in this episode, Couple of things are, are going on. Uh, first off, the 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 Desmond Pfeiffer's plot has nothing to do with anything, but uh, but him and Niblet have found Thomas Jefferson's secret journal, which had uh, uh, instructions on how to find Thomas Jefferson's secret treasure, which they find immediately. It's a very expensive ring, and then Mary Todd Lincoln shows up and says, "Oh, I like that. I'll take it." Mm. And, and, they it's have to found, get, and they have to try to get it back. So they have yeah. to try to sneak it off her. They do one of the things that every uh, American sitcom had to do in the 90s. Uh, the Mission Impossible gag, where a character is like lowered into a <laughs> from scene from a wire and have to be like really quiet and steal something. Every sitcom did that. Good sitcoms and bad sitcoms did that. Every single Look, fucking one. You send up popular culture. You and do. That, and, that was, and Brian De Palma, who directed mm-hmm. that Mission Impossible movie that's from. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and and stole it from the movie Top Copy. Uh, yeah, okay, yes. Just, but, to be, uh, just to be clear. But he did a De Palma version he, of it. Great. It's really I, great. I love that uh, first yeah. Mission Impossible movie. It's really good. I like that movie. I, I like how like stern and terse that movie is. Yeah, like, Brian it's really, De Palma made a spy movie. Yeah. It yeah, only yeah, has yeah. like a couple of sequences that are like genuinely like thrilling. Like the, you know? the later ones, you know, like Rogue Nation is, is a corker of an action picture. I yeah. love that movie. It's, it's not much it's, of an espionage film. No, right? not at all. You abandoned that a long time ago. Yeah, but but that, that one where uh, yeah, Ethan Hunt's being lowered, you can't touch the floor, it'll set yeah. off an alarm. That's a stupid thing, but yeah. all right. And if you make a loud noise, it's okay if we say the word toast. Wait, how does that one work? Because I'm very confused by that bit. That has never Wait, made any... They don't explain it very well in the movie. No, they, they, they just can't make noise. But every time they say it, he says toast, and then it's like... That, that was his test Even, word. What? Why do you need to test? We're not testing because, anything. Because it, if, right if you're busted, you're toast. That that that's all that meant. It's like quiet, louder, toast. Okay, that if I say it that loud, we're toast. But they did say it that loud. We see it on the thing. 
Well, he's there's that, like a meter. Yeah, when he's testing it out, he says it loud. But he says it while he's actually in there. No, he says it before he goes in there. No, he doesn't. He doesn't say it in there. He's he's. Uh, that's when he and Jean Reno are in the the pipe above the the oh, room okay. they're sneaking into. My point is, it's not very well described. It's not very. It's not very. <laughs> I've seen the movie multiple times. It's I'm, not right. very clearly explained. Uh, I it, it was clear to me, but all right, fine. Um, I'm an idiot. Okay, but oh, kicking the table. Sorry Stop about it. that. Uh, yeah, they're. Uh, but yeah, they they do that spoof. Mm. They try to get the yeah. ring. Uh, Meanwhile. Meanwhile, uh, Lincoln has uh, become addicted to telegraphing, this new yeah. invention. He send, sends telegrams mm-hmm. uh, to someone he's never met. Yeah. This, this young, young lady and uh, describing all of you know, the, the, the sexual, sexual things, things they're going to do with yeah. one another. Yeah, and, which is, uh, was in the news a lot. People were having like cyber sex. Rather, mm-hmm. it became sort of like really uh, hip thing to do. The, the movie You've Got yeah. Mail, which is a remake of the even much better movie The Shop Around the Corner, uh, was the very chaste version of that, where we met in a romantic chat room and we're sharing all of our wonderful thoughts, mm-hmm. but, but we don't never know who each other person. are. Yeah, exactly. that, that, was, that was a novelty at the time. Yeah. Uh, did you ever have an online pen pal? Like someone you just met online and never met in person? Uh, only in forums. I don't think that, that's the same thing. Uh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I'd pen pal. Uh, yeah. Uh, we ended up uh, trading of uh, like mixtapes and mixed CDs like oh, mailing them to one another that's good uh, not not like romantic thing mm. but yeah kind of uh, sending each other stuff I said cute and I meant it yeah uh, the gag is that he's actually sending uh, the telegrams mm. to a twist con- uh, to a, a confederate general played by Terry uh, Terry Kaiser well he's not actually it's, it's not that he's sending him and actually first off that's Terry Kaiser by the way from Weekend at Bernie's mm. and uh, Tammy and the T-Rex which we just did a podcast on uh it's, he's not sending it to Terry Kaiser. They're right. not like they're not like oh, lovers. The idea is Terry Kaiser is playing Stonewall Jackson, who is one of the more prominent uh, Confederate generals in the Civil War. Uh, Stonewall Jackson is trying to send a telegraph to the White House to surrender and end the war significantly earlier than it would have historically, which would have been great for everybody. Instead. Lincoln has been having so much telegraph sex that he can't get through to the White House. And when he finally does get through to the White House, Lincoln thinks it's the person he's been sexting with and sends him erotic messages, but which Which are sound a little bit like they're like baiting the enemy. So which Terry Kaiser sends him another sort of baiting the enemy thing, but which can be mistaken for a sexual euphemism. So this is why the Civil War didn't end longer and a lot more people died and slavery continued longer is because Lincoln was sexting. Cool. Yeah, good, 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 good premise there. <laughs> Nicely guys. done, yeah, Joe. Yeah. Uh, the ultimate gag at the end of the episode is Lincoln is going to go meet this person in a very shop around the corner. You've got mail kind of way. But he's married, so this he's is married. very scandalous. Very, yeah. very scandalous. And, and, but and he's so horny. And Desmond Pfeiffer knows about this and is yeah. trying to give him actually just good advice. It's like, yeah. don't do not do that. You're a married man. It's like, oh, but I gotta, all this yeah. sexual energy on the telegraph. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he goes to meet this woman. Mm-hmm. And wouldn't you know it? It's Mary, it's Mary Todd, Todd Lincoln. Lincoln. <laughs> Turns out they both like pina coladas and getting caught in the rain, mm. which is that song. Uh, it's not a good episode. It's, uh, it's very topical, which is not uncommon for sitcoms. I'm not mad about it for being, like, about, like, online sexting. That's a perfectly valid, like, mm-hmm. setup for comedy, because there's a lot of... Already you've got, like, um, mysterious mistaken identity in there. You've got people hiding things from each other. It's an adequate setup for a sitcom. It's just... 
the jokes aren't funny. The characters aren't funny. Here's, an, here's a joke I wrote down from this pilot episode that I have no fucking idea. Like, I just don't even know how this, what this, I All get right. that it's a joke. I don't know what it means. And if, if you gave, you do, I'm still not convinced it's funny. Um, Desmond Pfeiffer and Niblet are going to try to solve their problem of like, how do I get the ring back? Hmm. And Niblet says, it shouldn't be too difficult if we put our heads together. At which point Desmond Pfeiffer said, then we'd look like your father. And then it goes to commercial. What? His father had two heads? Is put our heads is that, together. I would put my, and then we'd look like your father if we put our heads together. Is, is, is your father... Is his father like a, a monstrous guy with like, like a, a second like head a or something? Two, yeah, yeah. Right? Like this... It, it, the whole point of humor... <laughs> <laughs> the point, we're, we're, we're reduced to theory here. We, we, well, it's true. We, we say things like it's funny because it's true. Hmm. Humor is an unexpected revelation of some kind. It doesn't necessarily have to be a profound revelation. It's just this whole like story I was telling you was leading up to this random bit of silliness or mm. this play on words, for example. Or I'm going to present to you, uh, here's an introduction. I'm going to make you sound like I'm about to say one thing, but then I say something else, which is perhaps insulting or critical of a politician or uh, whatever. Mm. We're surprising you with a revelation of something that you can understand and was not quite what you expected. And you're going, ha on some level. There's different kinds of laughter, there's different kinds of jokes. Mm. But for the most part, that's it. We led you somewhere. We went in a slightly different direction. Gotcha. And then you were like sort of amused by the twist of If the punchline to your joke, it doesn't even, it's not even just absurd. It just confusing and raises a lot of questions and nothing about it is actually like a revelation or is in any way clear all we're going is fuck does that mean <laughs> because what was there a worse punchline that like chai mcbride refused to say and then like this is just like the thing you came up with on the fly and it's mm. not great like then that uh, like in being the Ricardos where they're like rehearsing that scene and it's like why am I like fluffing flowers like this? This makes no sense. No one would ever do this, mm. but we need to just write the scene because the episode needs to be made. Kind of way. I don't. I don't. I don't know. This uh, that joke kind of broke me actually. <laughs> I'm just sitting there, just sort of like mouth yeah, agape, then, wondering what the fuck. Then we'd look. Like your like what, your father like your that's word to word that's that is that's the actual verbatim yeah that's right. verbatim but then we look like your father then we'd look like your father if we put our heads together yeah then we'd look like your father I don't understand I I, I guess he's saying I'm, his I'm father is unattractive even though he's half Desmond Pfeiffer who has a high opinion of himself mm. so that doesn't quite work is is Niblet Niblet is not Chai McBride's like brother we've established that mm, like, we found out that he like won him in like a in like a carnival game or something yeah. and he regretted not getting the mr mm. potato head desmond pfeiffer owns a guy yeah they don't address that they don't all. <laughs> what <laughs> okay the, the word slave or slavery is not never not brought up indentured servant is briefly mentioned which mm. is also fucked up but 
they don't really get into that either. No. Anyway, we should move on because there's no answer to this. <laughs> this is like this is like the one hand clapping. You know, what I'm saying, what is the sound of one hand clapping? There's no answer. Uh, okay. What is the? I'm doing it right now. The point is, d- describe what silence sounds like. And, like I, that's, okay. and it's meant that's, to clear your mind of conscious thought. I understand uh, that, but don't ask what the sound of one hand clapping is, because... Very easy to do. Yeah. Anyway. A better, is this, a better this, zen con uh-huh. would be, what is the sound of a Desmond, Pi- Desmond Pfeiffer audience? Because it is dead fucking silent. It is, it is. With, with the, an occasional... I feel like there's there's canned laughter, like they're using mm. people. Have you ever actually been in like the audience for a sitcom, like a oh, live audience? Oh goodness, no. Okay, I was once. It okay. was for a very short lived like office com. What the hell was it? It starred Eric. Eric Roberts played like the boss of some kind of like yeah, just workplace. They I don't even know what the fuck they did. Mm. Andy Dick was in it, and uh, I don't remember who else was in it. Uh, but I was in the audience for one of these sitcoms with a live studio audience. And it was kind of interesting. You know, uh-huh. I wouldn't want to do it again. But, you know, it was kind of interesting to do it once. And the first time you watch it, because it's like watching a live play. The first time you watch it, the joke is eh, kind of funny. You know, it's easier to, like, laugh people, like, right in front of you. You have a bit more connection to them. Uh, even if it's not a great joke, you're willing to give them some chuckles. Mm-hmm. But then they have to do it again. And you have to recreate the laugh. Like, they do, like, the, the buzzer, you know, like, the, like, yeah, laugh, applause, yeah, laugh. Yeah. They have a guy in the audience, like, some stand-up comic, uh, trying to entertain the audience and keep them it's in a, a laughing mood. Called a warm-up comic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there's a lot of downtime on these sitcoms where they're, like, changing things up, talking to the actors, we gotta do this again, this time don't do that, etc. And the audience is just gonna be sitting around bored off their ass because it's boring. Uh, so you have to keep them entertained. So that when the comedy resumes on stage, we're ready to laugh again. But by take four, it's not funny anymore. Mm. Well, Desmond Pfeiffer is all take four. <laughs> like I get that you're, I get that you're telling a joke, uh. and I will do my job because I am in the audience and I agreed to this, and I'll go. <laughs> but that's all you get. We're on take four already. Anyway, the next episode. You know, you know what would have saved the show well, is please just, tell me. No, like just as reprehensible as it is now. Yeah. And, uh, but the audience isn't there. Like, it's just, just dead, de- silence. dead silences. Oh, and, God, and, ma- and maybe, weird. and maybe a few, like, awkward, like, looks down at the, it's like, oh, yes, but you're, you're, you're fat. Ha 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 So, plot. Uh, <laughs> because here's the thing all these sitcoms, when you watch, like, a sitcom, like, and not like, uh, like the three, ki- not, uh, the thing, there's, Basically, two kinds of sitcoms. There's three camera sitcoms. That's which is Desmond Pfeiffer. Desmond yeah. Pfeiffer was a three camera sitcom. Seinfeld was a three camera sitcom. Mm-hmm. I love Lucy was. Uh, it's where you basically are shooting the entire scene all at once. On they're three filming, different angles. They're, yeah. they're shooting. They're filming it like it's a play. Sometimes the cameras move around when they're not being cut to, but you're cutting it live and you're getting it all at once uh, and like sort of a proscenium stage. Uh, it's less common now than it used to be. It used to be the norm. Mm. Uh, 
around the turn of the century, we started getting, I think Malcolm the Middle was the one that really sort of shot this into mainstream popularity. one of the more popular ones. Yeah, it had been com- done before. Comedy but... shows without a live studio audience, and they're called single camera shows, because mm-hmm. they would shoot with one camera, and it would like be shot... Like any other drama. And it would yeah. be shot like, yeah, like a drama or a feature film, where they, mm-hmm. they just sort of script it, shoot scenes, block mm-hmm. everything, but it would have and the edit same... it together, and then present it. But it would yeah. have the same basic overall plot structure as a sitcom, mm-hmm. so it was still recognizable as a sitcom, but just as looked a different. comedy show, yeah. But those, because there was no live studio audience those shows almost never have a laugh track and as a result they're paced differently mm. in a studio comedy in a three camera comedy after a joke the ca- the actors pause for applause mm. they're like waiting like okay have people shut down okay now i can tell my next funny and, line and uh there and so some... if you remove that it's yeah. surreal and a lot of uh, studio sitcoms, uh, the actors got so good at what they did that they mm. could essentially just perform live. Yeah. And indeed, uh, there was a sitcom. This, and I don't know why people don't talk about Rock anymore. Rock was a good show. It was a great sitcom. It starred Charles S. Dutton. Mm-hmm. And uh, the the cast got so good at what they did uh. that eventually they just broadcast it live. Yeah, they would actually advertise it. And, and other shows did this, but they didn't advertise it as mm. well. Rock made it a thing. We are ROC. Rock was yeah. the name of the show. Good show. Uh, they would say like, hey, listen, Rock... We're not just recording it live, we're airing it live. Mm. They are doing it live in front of the camera, and they even advertised, see who breaks first. Yeah, like, they're, who's they're the first gonna, They're going to mess up occasionally. Who's going to mess yeah. up? They never fucking did. At least I never saw it. Yeah, although, I never uh, saw them miss a line, or if they uh, remember, did, they played it off great. They never tell. I remember uh, pure professionals. Charles S. Dutton gave an intro to an episode mm. of Rock, where he's like, yeah, we actually, we bet as to who's going to mess up the most. And we don't try to mess each other up. We're professionals, yeah, but, like, but it could happen. it's going to happen. Yeah. And guess who lost? It was me. It's like, I've been, I've watched a couple episodes yeah. of the show. When did There's, that happen? Well, you when were you're, so good. When you're a professional actor, especially when you're used to working in the stage, hmm. if a mess up happens, you don't get the pause. You have to play it off like that was meant to happen. Hmm. You didn't drop the gun. The character dropped the gun. And now that's part of the story. So... They were so good that, and again, maybe there was an episode where they actually did screw it up and they mm-hmm. broke character and they laughed and it was really, really great. I never saw that episode. Uh, Rock is on Pluto. Awesome. It's on Pluto TV. I'm you glad can, to hear You can that. actually watch it. So That's really it's, cool. It's not lost forever. I also recall that there was one time when ER did a live episode. Did you ever watch that? I didn't see the live. That saw, was impressive, I actually. The, they did a the good live, job. Uh, I saw the live Drew Carey episode. Uh, they like, did a lot of gimmicks but like, on that But show. like doing like a live three-camera sitcom is like doing a live play. Mm. ER was a, one, was a single-camera show. And when they did their live like episode, there was complicated choreography moving in all throughout the hospital. Mm. There were people getting surgeries and stuff like it was a fucking complicated production. I didn't even watch ER, but I watched that episode and I was very impressed with how they did it. And I was even more impressed because I think this is true. Someone correct me if I'm wrong. Because ER was a show because like like all primetime television, it would air on the East Coast at one time, and it would air on the West Coast at another time. So if you're in New York, you're watching it at 10 p.m. But if you're in L.A., you're still watching it at 10 p.m. New York just got it three hours faster than you did. They did it live twice. Mm. They did it live for the East Coast, and they did it live for the West Coast. Oh, my God. That's fucking insane. (laughs) That's amazing. Good for them. It's it's insane when you think about just sort of the the nitty-gritty of the way they film TV series. But it's not insane for Broadway actors. No, it's not. You have to do nine shows a week. Acting-wise, it can be done. It's a lot of pressure, Mm. but it can be done. 
on a technical level, considering how complicated that episode of VR was, I was very impressed. Okay. And I'm very curious if they like have both of them available on home video or if they oh, decided one was yeah. better. I just don't know how that works. We have any ER anyway, fans. We got to get back to Desmond Pfeiffer. Well, we're, we're trying not to talk about Desmond Pfeiffer because the, the plots <laughs> are absurd. Bad. The second episode is about uh, the. Uh, Lincoln, Desmond, and uh, and Niblet. Uh-huh. They're uh, in a helium balloon. They yeah, they get in a hot air balloon, but it's not a hot air balloon. It's a helium balloon because helium allows you to have a joke where you go like no, this yeah, voice I'm goes talking little, high voice. Yeah. That, that, that's Just not runs, a thing. Yeah. That's not a thing. That's not did. the way a hot air balloon. That and then and they then out. they land uh, yeah. uh, south behind of, enemy lines. Yeah, south of the Mason Dixon line, mm-hmm. and they get uh, put themselves. They disguise themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, Desmond Pfeiffer says, no, I'm, I'm actually, in order to uh, not be mm-hmm. murdered by the racist Confederates, yeah. they don't use the word racist, yeah. uh, he says, no, I'm actually a, a spy in disguise. I'm a white man in disguise. Yes. And uh, Abraham Lincoln is actually a woman. Mm. And uh, Niblet is her, like, son. Yeah. And, and that's uh, right. He's like in a schoolboy uniform. He's dressed in like a little boy blue uh, kind of outfit. Yeah. There is... There's a funny bit in a Terry Pratchett novel, which is mm. like... I was explains... about to say in this episode, and I was going to fight you on it. No. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to be like, no, no there isn't. No, where uh, one of the gags is um, a male character has to dress in drag to uh, yeah. to be in disguise. And Terry Pratchett points out, we've all seen this before, where the male character dresses in drag, and the author relies on really cheap homophobic jokes because all of a sudden they will be irresistible to a male character mm. who doesn't like realize that Bugs Bunny and Elmer Fudd. Yeah, yeah. That, that exact thing. And uh, the joke in that episode is somebody, uh, he puts on a dress and he's like, he, he's already, the character's already described as being mm-hmm. like wholly repellent. Nobody likes being around him. And then he puts mm-hmm. on a dress and he's even more repellent. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, so he's like, yeah. And so I'm cleverly playing this joke differently. So mm-hmm. aren't I clever? I'm Terry Pratchett. Yeah. Uh, Desmond Pfeiffer doesn't play it. No, no. Yeah. So Abe Lincoln dresses in, in a dress. Mm-hmm. They, they put a, because he has the beard, they put like a high collar around his chin. Yeah. And he becomes completely irresistible to uh, a Confederate general who's played by Stephen Tobolowski. Yep, he's playing a real Confederate general too. Yeah, yeah. He's playing Jubal Early, who was mm. uh, incredibly racist, as you might imagine, uh, and also uh, was uh, uh, the name Jubal Early was the name of the final villain in the last episode of Firefly. Uh, oh, that's which, right. Which it, really it, didn't handle its Confederate that, yeah. war influences very well. No, um, no, it was, it, was, it almost seems really sympathetic to the Confederacy. It's weirdly and, uh, sympathetic to Confederacy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, well, it, it's... Yeah, well, also, we can get and, into the, the fallen empire yeah. narrative. And also, time, Curtis but, uh, Armstrong from Revenge of the Nerds fame plays Nathan Bedford Forrest, who is mm-hmm. one of the people who, I believe, founded the Klan. That's right. Yeah, and that's one of, it's who Forrest Gump was notoriously named after in that mm-hmm. movie, although Forrest Gump himself... Wasn't in the clan. Mm. Um, kind of weird and fucked up, isn't it? And, and here's the weird thing: they're like, they're making these men to be buffoons. True. Fine. Good. That's great. That's fine. Make those assholes yeah. look like assholes. I don't mind. Uh, but that they don't go harder is what frustrates yeah. me. That they don't bring up what they were actually doing. Yeah. And pointing it out as completely horrendous, and then doing maybe doing like a. a like an inglorious bastards thing. Like we're yeah, going to, we're going to change history. Change we're, history. We're, we're just well, going to blow them up. It well, doesn't they, matter. They kind of do because at the end of the episode, uh, it's Curtis Armstrong's character who takes him out. Like, like I'm going to, we figure out who they are. Yeah. We're going to execute them. He takes them out of the woods, Curtis Armstrong. And then Curtis Armstrong takes off a mask, mission impossible style. And underneath Nathan Bedford forest guy who started the clan. Mm. Sherman Helmsley. 
Sorry, Sherman Hemsley. Sorry, Sherman Hemsley. Sh- 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 Sherman Hemsley. Uh, I always want to say Hemsley. I know that's wrong. Hemsley. Sh- yeah. Sherman Hemsley, who who was in uh, the show The Jeffersons. Yeah. And he plays a character named Jefferson. And he makes a joke about moving on up. Yeah. Uh, sitcom royalty. Mm. Funny guy. Which means the secret diary of Desmond Pfeiffer is almost getting like this pop culture blessing. It's like yeah. uh, th- this is this is part of a grander sitcom mm-hmm. tradition. This is like in that moment. Sherman in, like, Helmsley be- should have known better. <laughs> but Sherman Helmsley was in some shit too. Let's well, be fair. yeah, it's, that's Sherman that's Helmsley. Fair. Hold on, there was um, what, what, what movie was it? He was in. He was in. Um, oh, hang on. Let me look up the right title here. Uh, Ghost Fever. You ever see Ghost Fever? <laughs> what is Ghost Fever? Ghost Fever is like this like wacky ghost hunting comedy. Starring Sherman Hemsley, and it's, it's, it is not funny. <laughs> it's, it's really bad. Not everything Sherman Hemsley touched turned to gold. Anyway, um, so yeah, that's the episode. Meanwhile, at the, at the White House, um, because the president is AWOL, is missing, mm. uh, and the vice president, the vice president is elsewhere, never a character, never mentioned, uh, Ulysses S. Grant is made president, which mm. he would not be. Because and I looked this up. <laughs> looked up the, this was the driving me. Like, the there's no conceivable right. way he was he was third in the line of succession. Mm. Uh, at the time, the next in line would be the president pro tempore of the Senate, mm. who was a man named Solomon Foot. Solomon Foot would have been president. Solomon okay. Foot would have been president, and I believe that's followed, not a character I'm familiar with. No, followed by uh, Speaker of the House would have been Schuyler Colfax Jr. So okay. those classic historical figures. That you know so well. They, they, it was their job. They're I get it. You just make Elizabeth Grant is a is a wacky character on the show. You make him president. Except this at this well, day, but, he happened to bet Mary Todd Lincoln that uh-huh. he could quit drinking if she could quit snacking. If she could go on a yeah. diet, he would stop boozing. Which it up. Uh, the scenes with the two of them are the only ones that feel like good sitcom stuff. Mm-hmm. Not great written, but no. I feel like the that's like a a good sort of substance. Well, there, sub- there's there's clearly defined like conflict there mm. there is a clear how, how they premise. would react in, in these scenarios yeah. like it's it's all laid out for you and, and again any any type of like and this is a classic sitcom thing mm. i want you to stop doing a thing you do regularly yeah. that leads to stress anxiety a temptation to do it on the sly uh, homer simpson gave yeah. up drinking in an uh, seinfeld uh, they all gave up masturbating that's right there was a whole episode about it I've seen that's one of the episodes I've seen. I've yeah. seen the masturbation episode. There you go, which was rather taboo at the time. Oh no, what did, what did they call it? They they um they called it the bet or something. That's no, like it's that. like like master of your kingdom or something. Like master of your domain. Oh yeah, I think they had like some yeah, some uh, yeah. yeah some euphemism for it that yeah. I, I can't remember. Anyway, it's not a good episode of TV. Next up, uh, <laughs> the, the, these these suck. All four of these suck. Yeah, the next uh, one's called Saving Mister Lincoln. This one's the homophobic episode. If you thought the whole like Lincoln oh, and God. drag thing was handled yeah. poorly. Here we have Desmond Pfeiffer. The plot is Desmond Pfeiffer hates someone who has recently been added to the staff mm. at the White House. And, a and real she, historical figure, by the way. And uh, and she's queer. Uh, she is queer according to him. We never actually see anything of it on camera. But he, I believe the the the... Some very uh, of, uh, offensive versions of the word lesbian mm-hmm. are put. I'm not going to say, it, but are are put in there sometimes with the word bitch added uh, added to them, which mm. is not fucking cool. Uh, this, it's yeah. fucked up. Actually, it's really this, fucked this, up. This is something I wanted to say. Um, yeah. I, I feel like um, a lot of these uh, the UPN shows mm-hmm. 
we're trying to lean into the Fox audience. And we, here yeah. we can go back around to Married with Children because that was a Fox yeah. show. Fox uh, was trying to differentiate themselves from the three main networks, which mm-hmm. were considered relatively wholesome, by saying we're going to put on stuff that is more like edgy. Edgy, raunchy, much yeah. more sexual, much more mm-hmm. crass. More that was violent. Their, yeah, that was, yeah, that was their uh, their... Yeah. Their mission statement. If there was We're something, ca- if it was called "World's Deadliest Car Chases," it was probably on Fox. Yeah, a, a, another critic joke. It's like here, yeah. here, here's the the Siskel and Ebert story. They're splitting up, and here's a here's a scene from the Fox version. It's just somebody yelling the word "booty" over and over again. Yeah, uh, that's that was what Fox was known for. They made fun yeah. of themselves uh, over the, it. The and, Simpsons uh, used to have a lot of great jokes at Fox's mm-hmm. expense, which was something like, "Wow, Fox turned into hardcore pornography so slowly, I didn't even notice." Yeah. <laughs> but the one show that didn't do it. Hmm. was married with children married with children fox was perceived as a savior it was like <laughs> what was the only who's the only network that could show a show like psycho mom hmm. who's like a heroic you know dangerously murderous mom and they'd be like psycho mom on fox and peggy was like of course yeah. <laughs> cool <laughs> Oh, there's a Futurama joke. Wow, I've never been to a real TV station. Huh, well, it's a Fox affiliate. <laughs> uh, so a lot of the shows on Fox made fun of the network for it in yeah. such tendencies. I feel like that's what the UPN was trying to capture, like a certain mm. segment of the Fox audience yeah. and that kind of crass humor. And that definitely reads in this episode mm. where they're trying to make a lot of queer jokes but at the expense of the queer character. Yeah. Uh, and they're trying to use a lot of these shocking jokes. It's like, oh, lesbian character. This is like my so-called life had a lesbian kiss. No. Women didn't kiss on TV so frequently in the mid-90s. And every time they did, they advertised it. You yeah. knew it was going to happen tonight. Mm-hmm. You knew that this was the episode of Ally McBeal where Callista Flockhart and Lucy Liu mm. kissed. It would be at the very end of the episode, so you got the full ratings the, bonanza, yeah. <laughs> and it would absolutely it's two not wi- be queer. It's two women kissing, you guys. And it wasn't even That's like... That's it. And neither of them turned out to be like actually but queer or fully queer. Well, like, occasionally, like, like on my, yeah. my so-called life, like the characters yeah. are like t- sort of... Well, my so-called life is an example. Like figuring out in, their in sexuality. In Roseanne, they're, yeah. they're actually queer characters, but yeah, oftentimes yeah. it was literally just there to mm. sell the episode for ratings. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. very, very crass so and very we, offensive. We had yeah. a lesbian character, um, but yeah, we're, we're just going to mock her relentlessly because yeah. Desmond Pfeiffer hates her because she's sort of moving in on his territory. Yeah, and so uh, she is actually working for Mary Todd Lincoln and they are uh, redecorating the whole White House, but it's costing so much that it's actually hurting the war effort. Desmond Pfeiffer is trying to get this person fired and in order to make it so that Lincoln kind of has to, he decides to engineer a situation in which he saves Abraham Lincoln's life. And then he kind of does, but doesn't. And then Lincoln says, well, I owe you one anyway. And so rather than just say, then please fire this person for me. Mm. Uh, they're making the workplace hostile, even though he's the one doing that. Uh, he says, fine, you must choose between me and, uh, what, what was her name? Hang on. It's Kate, we, Kate we, Chase. Kate actual Chase. historical figure. All right. Um, you must choose between me and Kate Chase. And Lincoln says, okay, I, I choose her. There's no reason for Lincoln to choose her. He has no connection to her. Mm. If Mary Todd had said something about how I need her around or I'll leave you and there'll be a huge political scandal, then he would have to. But it actually makes no sense as a plot point. So he fires uh, uh, Desmond Pfeiffer. Desmond Pfeiffer, there's a quick montage of him doing wacky jobs like he's a used wagon salesman. There's almost right. a joke there. And then he ends up getting what he thinks is a really, really great job uh, working in the costume department for, for a brothel. call. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
which he's having a great time at. So and, it's and actually he, upward mobility for him. He's he's thrilled, he's, and and, uh, and and he gets to do lascivious thing. Like, like uh, he gets to adjust stockings and look at yeah. decolletage, and uh, yeah. that's sort of the gag. Yeah, he's, and he and he gets just... to size shame somebody, which is fun. Uh, there's mm. one kind of funny bit in this episode where Niblet, who would, did not go with Desmond Pfeiffer for reasons I do not fathom, considering Desmond Pfeiffer owns him. Weird, the, but he, whatever. He still but, has a job in the White House. He's still, so he he's still working House. in the White House. And because Desmond Pfeiffer isn't there to be mean to him and, like, hit him, he has to do it himself. So he walks in <laughs> and he says something pithy that Desmond Pfeiffer would have said to him. And he goes, oh, I'm sorry. And then he starts beating the crap out of himself, like, in Fight Club. Because I guess Desmond Pfeiffer does that. We never physically see him do abuse, that, yeah. Physically assaults Niblet. To the extent that Niblet considers this part of his daily routine. Mm. The show's kind of fucked up. Look, look, if that was like Blackadder. Blackadder. Mo- modern times. But Blackadder is mean. Modern times, yeah. Blackadder is mean. It's a, it's a very mean-spirited he, show. This is not trying to be cruel. So the, the, this is just trying to be... This, the American being, version being of like mean-spirited... A, yeah. of mean, there's a difference between mean-spirited humor and bullying. Mean-spirited mm. humor can work... If the mean-spiritedness is targeted in a direction that we can appreciate and sympathize with in some mm. way, either because the or if person it's just be- like a completely nihilistic, show. it can be completely nihilistic, and that could be fine because the entire world exists to sort of support that kind of worldview. It's still not to everyone's taste, but it can be done if someone actually deserves it in some way because they're a terrible human being. We've seen that demonstrated. That can work if the person doing it is terrible. We can maybe get over it because we are not in, we're, we're not being told this is behavior to emulate. Yeah, that blackadder gets away with we're, it. For we're that watching reason. terrible people do terrible things. Yeah, it, here it just it, there there's it's nowhere near as focused as all that. Mm. Uh, but it turns out that um, when Desmond Pfeiffer, uh, one of the reasons why Desmond, oh the other, sorry, Lincoln does kind of have a reason to stick with uh, Kate, even though it's not very well articulated. Because uh, in order to save money around the White House, they decided to fire staff and get unpaid college interns. This, this, uh, here's where the this, Lincoln, here's where the Clinton stuff comes yeah. in, and uh, one of the unpaid college interns. Oh no, Star, Lincoln spilled ink on her dress. Our, There's a stain on her dress. A, a stain on her blue dress. Yeah, and she's like, "Oh, it's okay. I'll keep it as a souvenir." These, and he's like, "What about a cigar instead?" The, oh God. Uh, so these, these fall these fell flat in 1998. By the way, these, 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 the these were not funny at the time. Not funny at the time. They're not funny now. If you no. know the, I, I, I'm not sure if younger viewers would even know the details of the Clintons. The, there was there was point, recently but, a, like uh, an award winning TV show about yeah, it. Uh, like uh, uh, Beanie Feldstein story. played yeah. uh, um, Monica Lewinsky. That's what they're yeah. referring to. And yeah. uh, Monica Lewinsky was dragged. Uh, she, was she, not she was not take, treated well. She was by taken advantage of, and then she was completely. Rejected. The and world was knocked. not. The world was fucked up. To Monica yeah, Lewinsky. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. Uh, and Monica Lewinsky has has come out on the other side. Like if yeah. you see you hear sort of speaking about mm-hmm. uh, the notion of public shaming mm-hmm. and sort of its its function and how it like worked. She, it, it's impressive she, how well she weathered that storm. Ha, uh, yeah. How how healthy she seems now. Although I'm sure she went through some pretty dark times. I'm sure she did. Um, but that's what they're referring to. And there's yeah. all these really. Completely stupid yeah. sex gags, like there, sitting on his lap. Oh, is is that a stapler? In your, oh, yeah, it's just a stapler in my yeah, pocket. Yeah, and ostensibly, uh, and again, this, Dan Florek isn't playing this no. well at all. And ostensibly, uh, Kate Chase, played by an actor named actress named uh, Julianne Christie, 
uh, ostensibly she's like, oh, I'll help you cover this up. But it doesn't really play like that. Mm. So that doesn't really explain why he would keep her on because it does, that's not explained at all. In any case, uh, Desmond Pfeiffer finds out that there is actually a uh, Confederate plot to... There's going to be an assassination and they've been hiding out as one of the statues that Mary Todd Lincoln has put all around the White House. It seems like it would actually make sense if they were saying that Kate Chase was a Confederate spy. Mm. Because that would, you know, that would actually make sense based on the plot. Not what history said, but there you go. Uh, Instead, she was just... It put the interns there and had them try to seduce Lincoln in order to get leverage on him for political purposes. Mm. Regardless... The, the episode ends with Pfeiffer saying, like, okay, well, your punishment is you must leave this world of respectability, and now you work at uh, at the burlesque at the, house. Yeah. Now you're a sex worker. And then they watch her be a sex worker, and they laugh at her, mm. and that's the end of the episode. She, yeah, she, the character that everybody hates got their comeuppance. Got, and their comeuppance is something that shouldn't be even offensive. Mm. It shouldn't even be. It, like, it's yeah. so fucked up and mean. Mm. And to, to, to not and just the, that character, they, and not just to, to queer people, but to sex workers as well. Mm. Every, not, everything's gross it's about Everything it. about the episode is awful. And the, the, uh, and the final uh, punchline of the episode mm. is, oh, I've never been to a burlesque hall and all the dancers recognize Lincoln. Uh, yeah. Because... Because Lincoln was a lascivious yeah. guy, and so unlike uh, these but other no, episodes, yeah, that doesn't make sense in the context of the following episode, mm, where yes, uh, there's a lot. It's like, oh no, scandal! You you had an affair with an intern. Yeah. Meanwhile, in the next episode, a bunch of foreign dignitaries are visiting the White House, mm-hmm. and uh, they've the all under, got mistresses, and they all have mistresses, open mistresses, mm-hmm. except one of them. One of the mistresses is actually another man, mm-hmm. at which point we do have a homophobic joke. Well, we have quite a bit. We have uh, quite, quite a few. A, quite a few of them. Yes. Uh, uh, a, it's, it's the Greek dignitary. So, uh-huh. mm-hmm. so it's an easy, yeah, uh, yeah, easy joke to begin mm-hmm. with, and not a not very tasteful one. Uh, yeah, yeah this, this is like Fox-level, most, most immature Even humor. Even Fox uh, would be a little embarrassed by this. <laughs> You'll notice that Fox didn't make this show. No, no, no. <laughs> The, Only the, UPN. The UPN, UPN is trying was to like, what did Fox, Fox? What did Fox reject? <laughs> we'll take it. We'll take we'll it. Put in this horrible what tasteless was too Fox for Fox. Um, um, so all the, of these, they all all these visiting him, dignitaries yeah. are in town. Yeah. They're saying, well, you're you're in a position of power. The whole point is to have a mistress or several. Yeah, and the idea is that Abraham Lincoln is like, no, I would never. Every other episode says you would have. Yeah. yeah at like, least two. Like, at least two are very specifically about how you would have. Or at least we're interested. I don't know what to tell you about that shit. Yeah. Like that's uh, just that's just inconsistent writing, man. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, so the idea is encouraging him to have a mistress. Yeah. And, uh, the the plot of the episode is uh, in order to impress them, he needs their help in order to fight the Civil War. So he's got to impress them, and uh, it turns out that Mary Todd Lincoln has a horrible headache, like a terrible migraine, and nothing is curing it until Niblet says, "I used to work for a quack." And I would sometimes make his potions, and I have one that's supposed to be good for headaches. So he makes her a potion. She doesn't trust it. She shouldn't. He agrees to take it as well. They both drink it. Uh, She wakes up the next morning, headache cured, feeling great, feeling alive, feeling refreshed. And also, somehow, this particular potion concoction has made her bust size grow. Hmm. It has also had this effect on Niblet. Which is going to be handled about as tastefully as you can imagine. Uh, a, a joke about Niblet suddenly growing boobs yeah. is is um, 
Okay. Joe, any joke can be made funny. Theoretically. It's uh, not always, e- some are easier than others. Yeah. Uh, and some I are more tasteful than others. I feel like that's something you might see on The Simpsons. Sure. Well, there was an episode, there was an episode where Krusty the Clown hmm. uh, was going to get plastic surgery to change his identity. And they also oh, gave him breasts. And they gave him breasts. They, they didn't they, change his he, face. They just gave him a breast And the gag yeah. isn't, oh, how horrible. He's actually like, no one sees me complaining about the breasts. Yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of yeah that, that's and, not the worst joke you could do with that there's and, definitely and, worse and I, ones you I can feel make. like there were there was like a, yeah. a little bit like where eventually by the end of the episode it'll wear off and, yeah, and it does uh, yeah. nibble will go back to having no breasts uh and he'll just say oh i kind of miss those yeah it's like he was getting comfortable with his body yeah i thought that was kind of funny you could have done uh, and then yeah, but then but, of course it jumps to like an extended gag of him running in slow motion with them as he remembers them which is mm-hmm. just basically look how funny it is that he had breasts mm-hmm. not great well, how how funny it is i i felt like that sequence was mm. how does tv film women's bosoms true uh, how do how do fox tv film a woman well, yeah it was like they, it was like, like baywatch so yeah it was running right on the beach it was this it was the vangelis song from uh um uh, chariots of fire yeah uh, which is also on the beach but yeah fewer boobs um uh, and uh, when yeah. mary todd lincoln awakens with her her bust she mm. Becomes very proud of them and becomes yeah. showing showing off. Her and all of the, and all of the international dignitaries take a look at her and go, "Well, Abe, I can see why you weren't tempted to stray. She is mm. very busty, mm. and you must be very very happy." And Abe Lincoln's just like, "I'm a little confused by what happened, but sure." Uh, and, and so and it was at this episode where yeah. they finally, I think, hit what the dynamic should have been. Mm-hmm. I mean, who's to say if you know, if there was a good version of the show anywhere? But <laughs> the idea is okay. I think the the joke of the show needs to be that Abe Lincoln and Mary Todd Lincoln are kind of like nerdy characters. Uh-huh. They're a little bit out of touch. Maybe they're kind yeah. of foolish. They're like, but they're... they should be into each other. Yeah. They should really like... That would be funnier. It, it, it might like, uh, uh, you know, Gomez and Patricia Adams. They're yes. kind of these weirdo outsiders, but yeah. they dig each other. Yeah. Uh, you, you might even say the same about, uh, you know, Herman and Lily Monster, or, sure. or any any sitcom couple. Well, they, even like Homer Simpson and Marge Simpson, like they have all of these problems, but at the end of the day, they love each other. Yeah. And so many of the early episodes, I mean, you get a little bit of it here, but frankly, all of these episodes, the one extent or another, are about how they're miserable. Mm. They're just miserable together. The only time they were happy for a moment is when they found out they were both thinking they were having an affair with someone else, and they're okay with it. Escape the Pina Colada song is not a good story. I mean, it's reasonably well told, but it's not a. It's not a. It's, these aren't relationship goals. This is not. These. This is not something you should. This is not a romantic song. This is actually really sad. Um. So you're right. It's not great. But in any case, it ends up with them. Uh. Uh. They're going to have a bowling match, and if Abraham Lincoln wins the bowling match, uh, they're all going to. Uh, side with him in the Civil War and give them their support and, you know, the North mm-hmm. will win the Civil War. And if he doesn't, they get Mary Todd Lincoln. And that's sexist as fuck. And uh, there's this whole bit where again, he's just another like... another joke about owning people. It's really weird. And even... And they're, they're and again, they're weirdly crass about it. Like, it's not even just like, oh, we'll have... We'll get to like... It's, it's not even like um, a decent proposal where theoretically we could sleep together, but actually we're just kind of like going out, mm. which still sleazy, but not, you know, the X-rated version, the triple X-rated version of it, rather. Um, they even say, we don't want to take her back with us. We just want to mm. pass her around, which is so fucking crass. Like, it's just, wow. 
that's just not funny anymore. Like it's it wasn't funny to begin with, but it's really not funny now. So they they uh, it turns out Ulysses S. Grant is actually a really good bowler, and he bowls good. Mm. That's U- all I got. Ulysses Grant's funny. That's, he's he's the, kind he's, of funny. He's, he's, he knows the, what he's, he's doing. He's the funniest part of the show. He's 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 doing the jokes. Mm-hmm. Um, his character is again. It, he's a broad. He's a broad the, archetype. The, the idea that alcoholism yeah. is funny is mm. something that we've kind of moved past in comedy. Like Arthur, we built like two whole movies based off of Dudley Moore is For, drinking himself three, to death. And it's fu- You're right. Well, Dudley Moore, but like yeah. regardless, but like we did like multiple films about the joke that this guy is drinking himself to death because he's miserable. Mm. And it's hilarious. It's like if leaving Las Vegas was a comedy, that's Arthur. I, it's I've, really fucked up and weird. I have a feeling, well, I, I think it's okay to have that sort of undercurrent of, of nihilism and melancholy in a comedy film. Sure. But uh, I'm just saying it's a way yeah. to, to, Again, when you're but, but, making light yeah. of alcoholism is something now that we're probably a little bit more sympathetic with someone who's yeah. alcoholic and well, say like, like, you know, like, like, like Arthur, oh, that's actually kind of yeah. sad. Something you like know? Arthur has that sadness. True, uh, the, true. You're right. I'm, I'm uh, overselling the, yeah. the, the, because this how is, poorly Arthur handles it, but it's a weird premise. But, you know, something like uh, Desmond Pop or, or even Homer Simpson, he's an alcoholic. He and, an alcoholic, uh, and yeah. the, um, yeah. It's and you know I guess when you're dealing with I, and eventually they had to address that or or Barney the character on the Simpsons yeah Barney um, Barney got sober yeah yeah uh, when the show goes on longer than you expect uh-huh. which the Simpsons has all the multiple sudden, times over these problems like, wait a minute, would these, seem like like one note jokes this, all of a yeah, sudden it's like no this is a recurring problem the, the Barfly character we featured this bar the drunken Barfly character so much that we're yeah. worried about him now yeah it's no longer funny that he's drunk all the time it's mm. actually really so, really so now we have to we have to like give yeah. him an arc or you know Otto yeah. the bus driver is like this wasteoid oh wait. You can't just be a wasteoid forever. Now we're concerned about exactly. Well, that's exactly how it worked for the Simpsons, and and, I, and so know. I feel like because we're only on episode four, we're still in the we can make fun of this broad problem broadly. I'm gonna I'm gonna make a counterpoint to that. You say we're only on episode four. It's the last episode of the series. We haven't yeah. solved it by now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Had the secret diary of Desmond Pfeiffer lasted 100 episodes, I would not want to watch TV. Yeah, there's. There, <laughs> it would be like this. I'm, if it lasted 100 episodes, we'd okay. have copycats. Here, oh god, uh, is there? I'll, I'll put this to you. It, yeah. Is there a version, a, a, a sitcom set in the Lincoln White House uh-huh. about this historical revisionist character who was uh-huh. never really there and is telling the true story uh-huh. about how the Lincoln White House was a, a crass, funny playground? Is there like even in like a tasteless joke kind of a way, mm-hmm. like Heil Honey, I'm Home, and a, a sitcom we yeah. haven't brought up yet? Yeah. Uh, is there a version of that that could have functioned as perhaps a, a, a dark satire? I don't think so, because I mm. think the undercurrent of the Lincoln White House mm. is the issue of slavery. Okay, well, and I think okay, because so I think say... that will always be either something that is said mm. and it stops being funny, or it is unsaid and it's just being irresponsible. Yeah, I, I, I think it's like... I think it's a poor choice. I think maybe in another presidency mm. this could work. Yeah, I don't think it works in Lincoln White House. I think there's definitely like. I feel like there's a poignant version of yeah. this kind of a sitcom. Poignant, that would have, sure. Would have been like a satire of sitcoms mm-hmm. that would have brought up a lot of this heady stuff yeah. and then sort of like brazenly hand waved it. Yeah, uh, it's like, oh, well, we're going to talk about slavery. Oh, <laughs> but I, I fell on my butt. Yeah, and and trying to show how crass humor can be used to distract from a more serious well, issue. Well, there's there's a serious version. Mm. Of this basic format, which is based on a true story, and that's Lee Daniels, the butler. 
Which is, yeah, well, because that's a drama. That's yeah. a drama. It's only it's serious. Uh, it's a movie that came out in 2013. It was uh, going to be like a major Oscar contender because uh, Lee Daniels had recently done Precious and had won a couple Academy Awards. Uh, it, and it's a, it's a it's an okay movie. It just you yeah, know it right. didn't make a long lasting impression. But uh, the premise is it's about the butler at the White House as a butler, hmm. and uh, this guy was the butler under many different presidencies. Uh, from before the civil rights movement through afterwards, and it's about how uh, Forrest Whitaker's character was treated differently and his relationships such as they were with various presidents and all of that time. Interesting idea for a movie, honestly. Like, mm-hmm. as a movie, it's really interesting. Just, dramatically, it's a bit clunky. Um, but, like, th- that's the framework that Desmond Befeifer has. So Desmond Befeifer is like, it's so funny. And I'm like, it's mm. not actually. And in yeah. your attempts to make it so are so divorced from actual history, from actual commentary, other outside of everything except <laughs> the Clintons. Like, if you actually did the history work, mm. maybe there's something here. But you would have to tread so fucking lightly to get there. I don't think it'd be worth the trouble. Yeah. But I just think when you make this show so toothless as they are here and where all of the targets who are the targets in this it's not really the confederacy it's, it's not it's not racists well it's, it's not clinton, it is but, but yeah. it, well it's clinton but like yeah. you know it's clinton but like it's not there's all of the actual like villains of the time are made light of in a way that undermines the severity of the actual historical period. Mm. Now, I'm not saying this needed to be something that could help you, you know, get an A in your history class or anything like that, but it's a waste of the material yeah, at the yeah. very least. And it, because of the way they handled it, because of the absolutely blithe way that they decided to say, like, our audience doesn't care about mm. slavery, uh, fuck you, is my response to that. Mm. <laughs> we should care. Even if you think we don't, no, we should. I, I feel like I feel like there there is a way to have this premise and actually have mm. it be a comedy that actually has a little bit more on its mind, is a little smarter. That's uh, going to be a hard job. It, it would have been nice if they had you know black writers or yeah. a black director um, to bring up the director. Oh yes. Um, all of these episodes were directed by a man named Matthew Diamond. Yeah, well, a white man. Uh, who was previously a choreographer. Mm. Uh, and he did uh, choreography for a couple of movies that you haven't seen. He also mm-hmm. directed a lot of TV, did you know, a lot of uh, a, a lot of uh, soap operas mm. from going back to General Hospital all the way up mm. to Desperate Housewives. He was also uh, nominated for an Academy Award in 1999 for Best Documentary for a movie called Dance Maker. Uh, about, uh, about dancing. He knows a lot about Indeed. dancing. Uh, he... Uh, he directed episodes of So You Think You Can Dance. He was a dance mm-hmm. guy. Yeah. Uh, he did Secret Diary of Desmond Pfeiffer. Yep. He also did uh, a feature film mm-hmm. from 2012. Mm-hmm. I saw it in theaters. Oh, I'm my pr- God. I'm proud of that. Why? Uh, l- look, I, you need to test yourself sometimes. I, you do, you <laughs> weren't a critic at the time. I was. You're a critic when... Really? Yeah, okay. Uh, and All the, right. Well, then, then fair enough. But the, the I, I'm sorry. The movie's called "The Oogie Loves and the Big Balloon Adventure." Yeah, we started doing we started doing our <laughs> no, podcast was, in 2011. I thought you were going to say something else, actually. Oh no! Well, he he did the Oogie Loves and the Big Balloon Adventure, yeah. which is uh, it, it was based on uh, an idea mm. from the people who uh, in 
uh, invented the Teletubbies. Mm-hmm. And it was sold as a brand. It's like, the, yeah. here's the next hot brains that your kids will love. Not, here's a magical adventure that yeah. you will be enchanted by. And the Yugi Loves and the Big Balloon Adventure is one of the strangest, most bizarre, one of the worst kids movies you'll ever witness. Yeah, it's the, the it's Yugi Loves are completely like the, baffling. You know, like the Teletubbies, they have these big, gigantic, you know, outsized heads, and they're brightly colored. Mm-hmm. the The mouths aren't really articulated, and the eye, like the eyes, are badly moved. Like when you see yeah. the Yugi Loves from the side, you can see the gap in between, sort of their eyes, uh, like right through their skulls. It's really, really bizarre. Yeah. And uh, their best friend, who is a, a pillow. A pillow. Who is comatose, Asleep. as far as I can tell. Asleep. And dreams of itself, dreaming of itself, dreaming of itself. In a Proustian sort of way. Uh, they want to uh, celebrate a, a birthday party for their pillow friend mm. by getting it balloons. The balloons fly away and they have to go across town and retrieve meet the celebrities balloons, to yeah. retrieve the balloons. People and like Carrie Elwes and Chaz Palminteri. Chaz Palminteri and Christopher Lloyd and Cloris Leachman and yeah. Jamie Presley and Tony Braxton. I'm going to say something right now. Mm. Jamie Presley bought it. Like, she brought it. Look, Jamie Presley She's, has never half-assed anything. Jamie She's Presley, wonderful. people do not appreciate her work enough. Well, she got a bunch of Emmy nominations for My Name is Earl. Yeah, and, but that show's like largely forgotten now. I just think I don't think she's right. given enough credit. I don't show. think she's given enough credit. It's a good show. It's it was a good show. She was good on it, but she was never she never half-assed anything in her never. fucking career, and that includes the Oogie Loves. And if anyone re- emerges from Oogie Loves unscathed, it is Sammy Presley. Okay, <laughs> I just want I will not I'll not hear a single bad word about Jamie Presley and the Oogie Loves. She brought it that day. <laughs> she brought. No one uh, asked her to. Yeah. But she did it anyway. The Yugi the Loves is, is a uniquely strange experience. And, yeah. I, and I, I encourage you to watch it and just see what a fiasco that thing is. Yeah. The, uh, the movie I thought you were going to bring up, and I actually thought uh, that Matthew Diamond uh, directed it, and I was wrong about that, and I, oh, okay. and I apologize, uh, is a, a movie that was actually written uh, by the creators of this show. And that is a little comedy called Boat Trip. <laughs> Uh, the creators of Desmond Pfeiffer were like writers on the Golden Girls, so yeah. they're like old sitcom royalty. Yeah. But you look through their filmography; it's a lot of weird. And it's a stuff. lot of crap. A couple of good things they they were. Their, uh, their names are uh, Mort Nathan and Barry yeah. Finero. Um, now, amongst their amongst their writing credits are some well known movies, not necessarily good ones. Uh, they have credits on Men in Black Two. Was a hit, not a good movie, mm-hmm. but it was a hit. Uh, they have a credit on the uh, screenplay for I Now Pronounce You Chuck and Larry, which is what it is. Mm-hmm. They also wrote uh, the Farrelly Brothers comedy Kingpin, which is actually funny. I haven't seen that one. Actually funny. I mean, it's hit or miss, but it's actually funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, they did a movie called Boat Trip. Uh, <laughs> well, boat are trip. you going to describe Boat Trip? I'd rather not. <laughs> uh, you know, boat Trip, I think, was actually only written by uh, Mort Nathan. But uh, yeah, Boat Trip, uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. And oh, who plays his like, comedy sidekick in that one? Is it... It was... Um, was, uh, it, was it... Um, Horatio um, Sands. Horatio yeah. Sands is the actor's name. Uh, Keep Vivica Fox was in it. Bob Gunton's in it. Um, yeah. I, I, Roger Moore was in it. And it is... Yeah. It, it's such a it, hackney it like premise. one of the most homophobic things. Yeah. Cuba Gooding Jr. and Horatio Sands, they decide to go on a singles cruise uh, to, in order to get with a bunch of ladies. Mm-hmm. And they accidentally sign up for a uh, single cruise for gay men. Mm. So they're surrounded by gay men. 
and uh, they decide to pretend to be gay in order to seduce the handful of women who are working on the staff. Uh, it's awful. And, the, and they never just say, oh, no, there was a mistake. I'm actually a straight guy. We, yeah. We're like, oh, like, let's start. Like, like for, some, for some reason, there has to be like the subterfuge yeah. where they, they have to pretend to be gay or it's all yeah. gay panic. It's stuff. awful. Uh, it's just yeah. I've seen enough of it. Awful. I've seen enough of it that I know yeah. I don't want to see the rest. It may, so I can't it, really yeah. review it's, it it's, as an entirety. But it's um, not what you'd call uh, uh, um, good. Good. It's not what yeah, you call good. That's what I've been saying. So that, anyway. that's like the level we're dealing with. These yeah. like old sitcom writers who are yeah. used to these really easy offensive jokes. Yeah. Who are who probably think they're doing something really high concept. With the which and it is it's a high concept show. But Technically, they're yes. not playing with the concept. They're not at doing all. anything with it. Yeah. They're not maximizing it for its and potential. They're not, they're not, they're not thinking doing, out like how it could actually they're not doing work the, or function. The, that's not, my bush thing where it yeah. feels like a like some sort of media commentary. They're yeah. just doing a it's not a historical thing. commentary. It's literally just how can we make fun of the Clinton White House? Uh, how about this? They're public figures. Just do a fucking sitcom about them. Mm. Like. At least those, that would have some teeth. Yeah, those wacky Clintons. Yeah, mm. like, like clearly it can be done. I mean, again, it would have been controversial, but that's what you wanted. Mm. You didn't do this. I realized that it got away from me before it even aired, and like you had to do some damage control because like people were talking about how racist it was, mm. and it wasn't necessarily racist in the way a lot of people assumed it would be, but it was not handling uh, the topic well. There, yeah, there's like, there are no jokes at Desmond Pfizer's expense, and thank God for that because that would have been unwatchable. Yeah, yeah, and not that it's particularly watchable anyway, but mm. that would have just been just abysmal. Uh, but there's so many other jokes at the expense of. Everybody Women else. and queer people <laughs> and like and alcoholics. Like there's so many other things. Like we're just gonna be horrible to other people, and we assume you'll be fine with that. And I'm like, e no, you don't. You don't just shift the bullying to someone else and and call yourself a fucking hero. It doesn't work. So the question is, was the Secret Diary of Desmond Pfeiffer canceled too soon? Now think before you answer. Mm. Think about it. I'm waiting patiently. Well, I refuse uh, to go uh, first. Was it, well, let's see. No, this this is a turd. This is this, this is, is a terrible just, show. This is a terrible, terrible. It's not show. funny. It's, yeah, it's, it's not it's smart. Just, it's not interesting. It's not, it, the only thing I, interesting about I, it is that it, such a big deal was made out of yeah, it. Yeah, the, uh, the the it's not bad for the reasons you think. It's bad for other reasons. Yeah, but it's still bad. And uh, the fact that they're not addressing slavery or racism at all mm -hmm. in the Lincoln White House is odd yeah. so, to the point where it seems like it is racist by not talking about it. Yeah. Uh, if you watch like old uh, Warner Brothers cartoons that have racist imagery in them, yeah. they, they still put those on the DVDs with mm -hmm. a disclaimer saying the attitudes were wrong then. They're wrong now, but we can't pretend we didn't do it. Yeah. It, we don't, we're not going to pretend that racism didn't exist. Yeah, we're not encouraging you to like this on the level mm -hmm. on which it was intended. This is mm -hmm. for historical archive purposes. Here yeah. You go. So, so here yeah. it is for historical reasons. We understand that this is not good. And, yeah. but this came at a time when we thought it was okay to do this. Yeah. And it's important to remember that that kind of racism was that pervasive. Yeah. And here's an example of it. Here's what mm. the media was. And um, you can say that about a lot of UPN mm. shows, I guess. Just in general. Like we don't we're not we're not proud of any of this, but this is what TV was for a bit. This was what TV uh, look, we yeah. were really trying. We we were so desperate. We just wanted to get noticed. Like we weren't even available in every market. We were desperate mm. to ev we'll get any kind of like we, we you heard that one clip. They they said we had a gazillion views. 1.6 million. Now granted that seems like a lot, 
at the time, that was one of the lowest rated shows of the week. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was no one watched it. It went down very quickly in November. Yeah. It was canceled after just a couple episodes. Yeah, it was, uh, made it couldn't make it through October. Like the, all, yeah. by the end of October, it was gone. We know the plot of a few additional episodes. There was mm. one where uh, Mary Todd Lincoln is kidnapped by the Confederacy, okay. and so they decide decide to uh, kidnap Robert E. Lee's wife. Uh, okay, that was a plot. God, do, um, do you have any idea who played Robert E. Lee's wife? Did they no, get, they no, get someone. No clue. Okay. Um, yeah. Celebrity guest, funny actress. Maybe. Or maybe not. Yeah. I don't know. Mm. Yes. Uh, who, who would have been a get in 98? I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to like, think of... What, you know what? They would have gotten like Carmen Electra or they something. They probably would have gotten like know. someone like stereotypically like sexy or whatever. Yeah. They'd, they'd be like, oh, what do we we like having her around. Like, okay, mm. stupid. <laughs> You're right on Some, this show's way. Yeah, yeah I know. And I'm mad at myself yeah. for actually being able to figure out what they'd do. Yeah, it pisses me off. Yeah, so I, I feel like... Mm. It's not the premise that was necessarily a bad idea yeah. if you're really going to use it as a, a social critique yeah. uh, of some kind. You need to actually of, have other to put than, some thought into this. Other than this. Yeah. making fun of Bill Clinton. The closest thing that we got to something good mm. out of uh, The Secret Diary of Desmond Pfeiffer is uh, one joke in the first episode of Clerks the Animated Series. Where they make reference to they, it. the idea is in the and the which we've never done by the way one of these days we'll get around to it um, the very short lived Clerks the animated series which actually lasted fewer episodes than Desmond Pfeiffer <laughs> which is pretty fucking funny considering they punch, <laughs> they're punching at Desmond Pfeiffer Desmond Pfeiffer lasted more episodes the animated Clerks animated series lasted two episodes mm. the gag was the first episode was a pilot episode introduced all the characters. The second episode was the clip show, but all of the clips were from the first episode because they'd only done one episode. That, which is really cute. Yeah. Very smart joke. They didn't air the pilot episode. They went straight to the clip show, so mm. none of that made any sense. And it was amazing. Mm. Uh, it's um, just an absolutely incredible way to torpedo a show. They, they did that on uh, Sam and Max Freelance Police as well. Oh, yeah, I remember. Yeah. The, the, yeah. the last episode. And they'd already yeah. done 13. Not, it's not like, a lot, yeah. We're, we're going to do the clip show, but it was all original footage. Like, there was nothing. <laughs> And, and then after a while, it's like, hey, and remember that time? And it was like absurd stuff. Remember that time you swallowed a wallet? <laughs> they come to this clip where they just pull the wallet out of his throat. It's yeah. like, what? Remember when we set a beaver on fire and yeah. buried it in a backyard? In any case, there's a, in the pilot episode of Clerks the Animated Series, the characters from the movie Clerks, uh, they're trying to figure out a way to uh, stop the... Uh, bigger, better, more successful convenience store across the street from ruining their jobs. Uh, and they can't figure out a way to do it. And then they happen to be watching TV and The Secret Diary of Desmond Befeifer, which is advertised as like the most popular show on television, uh, is showing a, one of their many classic episodes. This one won a Humanitas. Uh, and uh, then they get the idea to solve the problem from the episode of Secret Diary of Desmond. And there's a whole bit where they high five and go, classic Pfeiffer. Hand, you know, high five. Um, Classic that, that being said, that show is also full of incredibly homophobic humor. So there's, you know, they're, 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 they really can only throw so many stones. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and, you know, we, we can talk about Kevin Smith and queerness all we like. And uh, someday but, we'll yeah. get around to that show and we'll yeah. do it. But um, in any case, that is it for, and, and yeah, I agree. It was, wasn't canceled too soon. I'm actually surprised it made it past the first couple episodes. Um, I'm surprised it was made. Like, I, like you saw the, you, I, I'm curious what the, because we didn't actually see the actual pilot. Uh-huh. They saw the pilot and was like, yes, make more. <laughs> I want to see the actual pilot. 
I want to see the one that they didn't want to show us. Here's what what was the one that they were embarrassed by? (laughs) What was the one they were just like, well, we can't show that one. We'll skip to the second one. uh, What what happened in the first one? I I like to picture, you know, the board meeting where where they're Uh like, they've made this pilot and there's a bunch of guys and there's a trough of cocaine. That sounds like UPN. And yeah, it's like, this is the yeah. UPN. It's like, we're I got an money. idea. It's a spinoff. We'll call it Platypus Men. Yeah. <laughs> Pigsty, it's great. Do it. Here's money. How can we get Pigsty and Voyager to cross over? <laughs> Homeboys from Outer Space, let's go. Yeah, it's good. So it turns out Homeboys from Outer Space has lasted into the future. And it's the most only television series that has survived from the 20th century. <sighs> and they're going to visit it on the holodeck. Yes. Sure. All of their technology was reverse engineered from watching the sitcom. <laughs> oh my god! So there's so yeah there's there's this, these guys in a theater watching a yeah. and they're all go- like white guys and they're yeah. all snorting buckets of cocaine, just saying yeah we got to do something edgy. They're they're just trying to get attention. It's negative attention. Yeah. They're, they're, if, we, if we happen to make a good show, it's a coincidence. Because clearly you're not doing this because you think you're, this is actually they're, they're quality They're deli- deliberately trying to make something uh, like edgy and yeah. a little bit offensive. Like something that's, that's going to get something that's going to get the mention in the newspapers. Other yeah. than there's a new show on tonight. And yeah. and you know what? They were successful in that regard. Mm-hmm. It got a lot of attention, sight yeah. unseen. Oh, yeah. This is a terrible premise for a show. We're going to mm-hmm. talk a lot about it in, in, in the newspapers. It didn't really gonna help them reput- in any meaningful yeah, way. Yeah, it's going to get a bad reputation. Yeah. There's no such thing as bad press. Is their philosophy. Even then, this show isn't pushing like, like it's offensive. There's a, yeah. a lot of uh, offensive humor. Yeah. But compare this to something like South Park, which really pushes a lot, like pushes a lot more buttons. Oh yeah. And is trying to use a lot more offensive language. Yeah. Uh, well, South Park or, uh, was, or, at the time. South Park was at the forefront of pushing mm-hmm. the pushing the boundaries on TV yeah. comedy. So uh, if if you're gonna if you're that's your point if you're gonna yeah. try to be offensive. Do something a little bit more offensive. Mm. Well, but again, South Park, even saying, at, like, even at its worst, and South Park can be really terrible sometimes. Oh golly, uh, yes. and very and very responsible and very and genuinely offensive, not just pushing the boundaries just because. Uh, they have a point. Yeah, I don't always agree with their point, but they have one. Well, there's there's a, a little bit of a yeah. flaw, and those early episodes I think actually have like some good moral standings. Later yeah. on the show, it became actually like really kind of nihilistic in a way that wasn't appealing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like sometime in the early 2000s like when the 90s ended it's like they kind of ran after the movie they kind of after ran the movie stage. they basically fell up and they then it, this was it was kind of funny for a minute and then for after, after about 10 years of it it was just like every episode is about how the worst thing you can possibly do is care, is about, care something. about something like yeah, literally anything if you I take think, anything uh, seriously you're doing it wrong and you're the problem with the world and I'm you, like you know that's you can, not helpful man you can actually see a, a big shift it, it actually happened like they're in uh, their post 9-11 episode you can mm, see Matt oh, yeah. and Trey's like philosophy changed dramatically yeah um but yeah they they made these offensive shows but they actually had a little bit of a moral point yeah uh you can do that you can make a, a show that has a lot of offensive humor if yeah. it's telling a responsible message i really need you know i hate to say it i think you're right i think this show needed a moral yeah i think that i think the episodes needed to not be here's the fucked up shit we did this week and i think at the end if the episode was actually about even if it's a even if it's a cliche mm-hmm. if it could just be about like desmond Pfeiffer is helping people be better or something or run the country better or something Mm -hmm. like that. You know, maybe that could have worked. I don't know. But like it's without it, it's just sort of aimlessly wandering around. But it, and it's not even nihilistic. It's just brass and crazy and shallow and bad. Yeah. 
it, it, it doesn't even have the gumption to be the offensive show that it wants to be, yeah. which makes it even worse somehow. Yeah. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, that's it for Cancel Too Soon. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll be back next time with uh, a, a failed pilot we recently discovered. <laughs> uh, uh, speaking of controversy, uh, this is for a 1988 sci-fi series about a cop who goes back in time and teams up with his great-grandfather in the present day uh, to fight crime. And I believe, and I could be getting the actors wrong, but I believe the great-grandfather... The cop in the present day is played by Bill Maher. So we all love Bill Maher, don't we? Oh, yeah. That'll be interesting. So we'll do that next time. So thank uh-huh. you, everybody, for listening. That is called Out of Time. If anyone wants to track it down themselves and watch it with us, you totally can. Uh, thank you very, very, very much for listening to the show. Thank you for subscribing. Please do if you haven't already. Thank you to every single one of our patrons without whom our show could not exist. If you would like to join our Patreon, uh, we have a lot of exclusive shows available to you through there. That's patreon.com slash critically acclaimed network. We have shows dedicated to every single episode of Star Trek, every film ever nominated for Best Picture. Uh, we got commentary tracks. We have hangouts with our various patrons. Uh, it's a lot of fun, and thank you so much to everyone who contributes to the show. We wouldn't be here without you. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to talk about anything discussed in this episode, did you watch Desmond Pfeiffer when it was on TV? What do you re- What do you remember about Desmond Pfeiffer? I didn't watch it when it was on TV, and I watched a lot of UPN. Uh, please. Oh, you let, were the one. <laughs> I watched. I, I didn't. I watched. You know what? There were a couple of shows that they had that were genuinely good that weren't successful. Mm. And one of them is the one we're going to get to one of these days called Nowhere Man. Nowhere Man is good. Nowhere Man, a couple of shitty I, episodes, I, but mostly good. I was a fan, of, and we make fun of the name, but Platypus Man wasn't a bad show. Platypus Man was is every other sitcom like it. It was yeah, perfectly well, it was, adequate. Single, single man, man, single in, man in the big city, yeah. kind of, kind of, very, and, I, and it was Richard Jenny, who's a comedian I'm very fond. Yeah, of, so. it was that was not a pro, that was not their worst show by any stretch of imagination. Anyway, uh, but yeah, so feel free to let us know your thoughts, anything else you want to talk about. We're open book. Our uh, email address is letters at criticallyacclaimed.net. And if you email us at letters at criticallyacclaimed.net, we might read your episode. We might read your letter on an upcoming episode of We've of, Got Mail. Of our podcast, We've Got Mail. Mm. You can also send us an actual physical letter, as many people still used to do mm. when The Secret Diary of Desmond Pfeiffer came out. Or you could send us a telegram if you can figure out how. Uh, you know, I'd, tele- love to, I'd love to get a telegram. I don't think they do it anymore, actually. Mm. But they, they, you could, they don't really have telegrams. But anyway. Dear Bibbs uh, and Whitney, stop. <laughs> please, 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 please. Stop. Stop. <laughs> That's a Black Adder joke, and it's a very funny one. Uh, Whitney, what is our P.O. Box? Uh, people want to send, send it to uh, the critically acclaimed network, P.O. Box 641-565, Los Angeles, California, 90064. And, of course, we're on Twitter, at Critic Acclaim. I am at William Bibiani. I'm at Whitney Seibold. And that's a wrap. We'll see you next season. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.